All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. It's Friday night. We're going to be talking about the law of one and spirituality. And just like we normally do, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. But before before we uh, get into that, I have a commercial that I'm going to, to talk about. It's uh, I'll put it up on the screen here. For those of you that are on the MP4 broadcast where you can actually see uh, the actual visual, you'll be able to see the banner that I'm going to put up. For those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast, I will be telling you about it. Let me pull this banner down that says the law of one, and you can see I have, I'm happy to announce Ancient Aliens Worldwide, which is a group that I created back in 2012, which is the largest group on the face of the earth with um, close to 300,000 members. The only thing larger than us uh, in far, as far as alien hunting worldwide and, uh, and uh, ancient aliens worldwide is this group other than MUFON, the actual website and MUFON army. And a lot of the MUFON people are in our group and pay attention and everybody, I'm not joking, everybody you've ever seen on the television show, ancient aliens worldwide, they're in the group and they're posting what you see on your screen right now. And I'm going to read it for you. Um, I will be producing for ancient aliens worldwide. The group that I created a live show, live video show that will be uh, broadcast on ancient aliens worldwide on January. I'm sorry, February 11th at 5 PM Eastern time, USA, 2 PM Pacific time, USA, 10 PM, UK time and India time. So wherever you are in the world, uh, it will be, uh, it'll be um, GMT minus seven. So, uh, so you can figure that out from 2 p.m. Uh, 2 p.m. Pacific uh, daylight time. I, we have it written down as Pacific standard, but we're not quite into standard time right now, but it's, we are in fact GMT minus seven here in California, United States. We have Jim Penniston and Gary Osborne that are going to be on for the first time live together anywhere in the world. They filmed episodes, film shows before in the last uh, 10 or 15 years that were broadcast, but this is going to be the very first time they're going to be live to take questions and speak at the same time. I don't know if you guys were aware of who they are. Jim Penniston was an airman in the United States military, uh, and he was... He was based in the UK, in England, in the Rendlesham, Rendlesham Forest. And he, in fact, was one of the airmen who responded to a possible UFO sighting uh, uh, at that military base and into the forest. And he is the, the airman, the United States airman, who reached the craft and actually went up and physically touched the craft and interacted with the UFO and all of the things that happened from there. He got together with, with Gary Osborne, who was a renowned writer with something like 13, 14, 15 books uh, to his credit in the world. Uh, he was on Ancient Aliens Worldwide, but left the show because he didn't like the, the, what was going on there with the dynamics and the, and the uh, politics involved in that. However, uh, he wrote and he and and uh, um, Jim co-authored this book back in the day called The Rendlesham Enigma. And it's all about what happened, the investigation that took place. And if you know anything about my show or Ancient Aliens, the group I've had 
the the people Gary uh, um, Hesseltine, who was in fact the head uh, investigator for the British government at the time, who investigated all of this. I had him on my show. We uh, aired his show literally on Ancient Aliens Worldwide, and we aired it. And when we were done. There was the the uh, episode of the the very first season tw- eleven or twelve of Ancient Aliens Worldwide. We were live, and then the show went live uh, around the world right after that, so everybody could watch it and, and hear and hear him talk about it and tell them this is what you're going to see on the show that's about to drop. And we just had we've had uh, Jim Peniston on last year or the year before. Now I'm kind of confused in the in the dates. Uh, had him on, and then we had. Um, we had uh, um, Gary on twice th- in, in 2022 talking about this book and his book that just dropped uh, and, uh, last year. And they're both going to be back on. And it's really exciting because uh, this was in the works for a long time and I had to keep it quiet. And I was literally just told three days ago that this was going to go live, that we were getting this. Uh, we gave away a couple of books last time. So you guys want to go to Ancient Aliens Worldwide. I'm going to put it in the chat for those of you who are uh, watching on the MP4 broadcast. You can get the uh, link to Ancient Aliens Worldwide uh, to join that group if you're not in it. After the show is live, once it's done, it will be pinned to the top of that group page so that as soon as you log in, it will be there for you to see and you can watch it. We usually leave it up for unless we have another uh, interview. So sometimes we leave it up for a year. Sometimes we leave it up for only a few months. Either way, it'll be in the archives if you want to watch that. Uh, But uh, come and check this out because we dropped information last time and there's still information and I don't know if Gary's going to drop it. Uh, this time, there's still information that I've talked to Gary about uh, that is information like the CIA only knows and, and things like that, that we didn't drop because uh, of his book that was coming out. Now, this book that you see here is not a brand new book. This is a book that came out years ago that these two co-authored. However, it's still very vital because the things that they found out, Gary, when he touched the UFO, which the government claims never even existed, never happened. He touched the UFO and he got a a whole slew of binary code. That's ones and zeros, zeros and ones in his head instantly. He did not know what that uh, meant for a while. And finally, he told Gary and Gary decoded that information. And it's in that book, I think, not all of it, because I know that for a fact, because last year when we had Gary on uh, with his last book, Uh, There was information that I couldn't tell you that we uh, touched on in that book, but because he has another book that's coming out either later this year in 2023, which I think is what it's scheduled for, uh, in which case you'll want to tune into that because there's information in there that uh, that the governments of the world, only the coalitions know. And that's the only reason that I'm privy to it. And I'm sworn to secrecy because it's not supposed to be out to the world yet. If you guys know anything about me and what goes on or Drumbalo, Melchizedek, you know that there are some things that we know that we can't tell the whole entire race because they're not ready for it yet. Those of you that are psychic, you understand that because sometimes there's things you can't tell a person who when you're doing a read for them because they have to go through it and experience it on their own. So you can't give them the information. You can only give them the tools to, to take care of that. Um, however, this is going to be a, a really intense, uh, I can't wait for the conversation. I'm not going to be interviewing 
Uh, Mandy Wilson is going to be the interviewee. She's the, the curator, the person who runs Ancient Aliens Worldwide and has for the last, I don't know, four or five years now. Uh, she's a great, great uh, woman, also a psychic and also very talented in, in many, many ways with abilities as a healer and and uh, that sort of thing. But she is friends with these guys more than I am, even though we well, I talk to them and hang out. They talk all the time. So she's going to be conducting the interview. She's the one who set this up and gives all the credit, I'm told. Now, I don't know for certain if there's going to be a book giveaway because I haven't confirmed that. However, she did tell me that the publicist, uh, again, is going to give us three books. So if you tune in uh, and we don't talk about it, it's because that would that for whatever reason changed. But if you tune in uh, and uh, you end up hearing about that, it's because we have a couple of books for to give you guys away. We raffled them off last time. No money involved. We do. We actually have uh, a contest that we come up with and then we give away the books to those people and mail them out to them. Okay. So, but I can't, I haven't confirmed that. I just, that was told to me, but it wasn't confirmed. So I don't know for sure on how we're going to do it. So it may or may not be still in the works. Okay. So you guys might want to uh, come and take a look at that uh, because that has to do with everything that we're talking about. Uh, Gary Osborne and his books is cutting edge. He has uh, uh, discovered and talked about uh, spirituality that mirrors uh, the law of one, and he doesn't know a lot about the law of one. He's, he's, I think he's read it. I'm not even sure if he's even read it. We talked about that, and and he's not sure about the whole spirituality aspect, but he's finding himself being pulled in that direction, just like most of us were that were chasing UFOs forever. We find ourselves pulled, even by aliens, into the spiritual realm uh, because of uh, of what's going on in the universe and how it's set up and why. And that's what we're talking about in the Law of One. Okay, so let me pull that uh, banner down because some of you are like, I'm out of here. I don't want to hear about that. You will because when, when they talk about that and when that goes uh, to the world and the videos out there and the audios out there, which both of those men and their publicists are getting the copies of, that stuff will end up on television and you'll go, I remember seeing that. Or you won't, and you'll watch it for the first time and go, oh, yeah, those guys at Ancient Aliens not realizing that was uh, my video that I'm producing. <laughs> right. Okay. So let me uh, let me stop sharing this screen right here. There I am. Hi, for those of you uh, having the uh, MP4, you can see my ugly mug right now. Those of you on the MP3 broadcast, you only hear my voice anyways. Right. So let me put that banner back up so you don't have to look at me while I'm working here, and I will share the screen. While I do that, I'm going, uh, I'm going to share the screen for the Law of One. And um, why I, while I do that, we'll get to where we were last time uh, with the Law of One. Um, we were uh, uh, right up to, I believe, question 14 through 17 uh, of, of session 12. But what we were talking about, and we'll start that in a second, what we were talking about was uh, the, um, the, the question was posed by Dawn, the questioner, about the men in black and who they were, and uh, prior to that was talking about fourth-degree entities because they, he asked how many uh, entities of the Orion Crusaders have boots on the ground right now currently, and this was in 1981 or 82, and Ross said none because there wasn't any at the time, okay? Um, let me pull that banner down so I can fix the screen. Not that you guys are going to be, no, that's fine. Uh, so you guys don't see any words. You're just going to see that, so I'll leave the banner on. 
So there's not really much to look at because I, have, I don't have a program that shows the words anymore, which I will uh, do in the future. But right now it's it's okay to do this. It's easy and the voice is soft, so it's okay. So they, you guys need to realize everybody's like, oh my God, you know, we lost the temporal war. The bad guys are winning. That's all a lie and it's not true. We are not prisoners uh, because of a third dimensional uh, group of people, either on world or off world, that have chucked our souls here and trapped our souls here. All of that is uh, is bullshit that, pardon my American, uh, is bullshit that has been uh, created by the Orion Crusaders. Now, what what is their modus operandi, their MO? How do they operate to get their message here on this planet? They are on this planet, but they are not in the phase of and vibration or octave of the third dimension. They are, in fact, in the fourth dimension. And that, that is uh, to, to not to be confused with 3D. And this is the problem that everybody has when they're talking about we're in 3D and we're moving through 3D and 4D and we're into 5D. Yes, you are, but that's in the three-dimensional octave itself which has uh, not an infinite amount of, of levels, but it has about seven to eight, possibly nine levels. And then you move up to the physical, because people don't realize that uh, that 4D, there's a difference between dimension and density. A dimension is the place that we're in here in the third dimension. The density is your spirituality and, and your dense body. The denser uh, the, or the lower the density, like we're in third dimension, we have this physical body. When we move into the fourth dimension, our body isn't quite as physical. When you move into the fifth, it becomes less. By the time you're in the eighth, you're basically just an upper torso. And you can see through uh, your body and you see your heart in there beating. And eventually everything disappears and you just become light as you get higher up in dimensions or densities. Okay, uh, So there is a difference between a density and a dimension. A dimension is a place and a density is also a place, but it's a place of spirituality, not physical body. Okay. So when people say we're transitioning into the 4D and 5D, they're not talking about physical. They think they are, but they're not. They're not talking about the physical dimension. This physical dimension is this third dimension. And you were here until you graduate to the fourth dimension, which is on Earth. It, this planet sustains life. It's still called Earth. Uh, but we don't look like we do here. We're not we're bipedal, but we don't we don't look like humans like we do now. There's a difference in our look in that. And I can't describe all of that to you, um, but it's not as different as you would think. It, it's like um, if you would say the, the orange is a carrot's orange. There are some people that would consider themselves human that are living in the fourth dimension that uh, are orange skin. So the, the pigment of our skin and our physiology is slightly different uh, there. And but there's many races just like there is here. <coughs> Right. And then there's also other races, not just human, that are out in the open. And there you have uh, different races. OK, I'm not going to get involved in that because that's not what we're here to talk about. So the question was, uh, you know, uh, where are these? Well, they're not in the third dimension. There is zero, zero people that are part of that actual invasion group still here in the third dimension. We kicked their ass off this rock already. They are residing in the fourth dimension and they try to do all of their uh, bidding from there. Fourth dimensional people can um, res in, as it were, to our dimension because they are actually here. They're just in a higher vibration. OK, so that that is what in the in the ancient um, uh, Vedic text where they talk about that if you are um, 
vibrating at a high enough level and you're using meditation, you can communicate with these craft and these people that are residing on earth that are outside of our dimension, that are outside of our vibration. And you have to raise your vibration enough and you can communicate with them. Okay. And, and that's what happens. Literally Peter GV, who's not in the audience right now, he's probably sleeping. He lives in South Africa. He was talking to me just the other day, yesterday, or the day before about when he goes on a sabbatical and he goes up to the mountains. Every time he goes up to the mountains, there's a spaceship that shows up. He's like, Leo, what is that about? And I said, well, when you're doing that, you're actually raising your vibration. You're going there to do that, to, to speak to your higher self and your guides. And you're raising your vibration up in the octave that is the third dimension, closer and closer and closer to the fourth dimension. And what's happening is they're rewarding you by showing you that they hear you and they know and they're coming to show you that they see you. And he was like, you know, weird stuff happens. And I'm like, I know. Well, you have to be careful about intentions and things like that. So I'm not going to get involved in that. But if you're in the chat, in the old ways, returning to the old ways, or the law of one class chat on Messenger, you would have been able to, you would have been a part of those conversations that we had. Okay. Uh, and Peter uh, uh, Kyle from, uh, it's actually pronounced Kale, Kale with an Irish accent, uh, but people think it's Kyle, it's not spelled that way, but from Ireland, he also weighed in on what was going on there. Okay. So, yeah, I know Casey said, thank you for explaining the difference again. It helps with the understanding more every time. It does because everyone thinks that the 3D is 3D and they don't realize that, that you hear raw constantly talk about a density, this density, third density, fourth density. And then you hear people say dimension and no one realizes there is a difference in that. It's, it's the same place. It's residing and happening at the same time. But one is the physical realm and one is the spiritual realm, but they're both vibrating near each other at the same time. I did an entire uh, hour or maybe it was two hours on on how they stack and how all of that is literally layers. Uh, like if you take sound vibrations in the octaves, when you go up through an octave, when you go, oh, literally each one of those sound vibrations is completely different than the other one, but it's literally attached to the other one because you have to get to through one to get to the other. It's the fabric of the way the entire universe is woven, every bit of it. So the physical realms and everything stack. And I showed how light, gas, sound, all these electromagnetic waves, magnetic waves, electronic waves, electricity waves, how they're all literally bound together in the same uh, total octave but they're literally stacked on top of one another and you can't get to one without finding the other. It's like trying to find uh, gold without finding silver. That doesn't happen on this planet because there is a connection that no one understands on this planet between the energies that create gold that, uh, that creates the silver. Silver literally encompasses all the way 365 degrees around uh, gold. Silver literally is around gold as if it's a a blanket. But when it's in the earth, it disperses into dust, basically, or chunks. But the gold doesn't do that as often. The gold stays in a, in a molten and then dries uh, into, a, you know, into a chunk, whereas silver is like metal. It's like steel where you can find it as sand and then melt it all together and get a block out of it. But then again, you can also find silver in clumps. OK, but you never find gold without silver. 
you can find silver without gold, but you never find gold without finding silver first. That's why that whole that people say silver and gold, like the song, silver and gold. You can't find one without the other. You can find silver without gold, but you can't find gold without silver. It doesn't exist anywhere in this dimension by itself. Unless somebody's already came and found the silver and didn't find the gold and left it there, and you happen upon digging in and you don't find any silver, but you find the gold. But if it's left alone long enough, you're going to find it again. It's kind of like diamonds. And they've realized that when they went to the Mariana Trench, there's diamonds down there. And they scooped them up and came back a few years later. And there's diamonds down there again because they're being pushed uh, up into that trench from the earth. And um, they, they replenish. So people don't realize that. A lot of you guys don't realize that. Okay. So they were asking, Dawn asked Raw about the, they're still talking about the, uh, the Orion Crusaders. And uh, they're, they're literally asking that, they asked that question, is there any boots on the ground now? No, but they're in the fourth uh, density dimension of not, not just the, the, the density, because you could be in the third dimension and be in the fourth density of the third dimension. Every single dimension has uh, layers uh, that you go through when you enter into, say, for the very first time, the third dimension, which is what we're in right here, you are at the lowest level of the octave of the third dimension. That has a finite uh, um, sound resonance or vibration or whatever you want to uh, uh, call that or whichever that you want to look at. Uh, and and then it becomes the fourth. But, the, but that there's layers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like that as you move up through that into the next dimension. A lot of people don't realize that's what's going on, okay? So they're in the fourth dimension in the density, and that's where they attack us from psychically because they come and occupy the same space that we occupy, literally, and they can tune in across that vibration because they can manifest here. And they asked about the men in black. He said, who are the men in black? Are they aliens? And they said, no, they're a thought form projection because they're in the fourth dimension and they manifest in our dimension when they're basically trying to stop people from talking about UFOs and aliens because it has something to do with either uh, the runaway governments, the breakaway governments that uh, think they own this planet uh, that have been put in charge by the by the crusaders or by the crusaders themselves, and they don't want somebody to tell information or they try to get information from us, they materialize and they show up dressed as the men in black. And that's why they don't exactly look 100% like humans. There's always something about them where people say they seemed a little odd. They were a little shorter. Or they were a little thinner. There was something about them. They didn't seem right. It's because the fourth dimensional beings are not exactly like us physically, but they look enough like us to where if they're dressed in that suit and have the hat with the brim coming down and the collar up, all you see is just their face. And even that, the, the features of their face isn't exactly 100% either. And then when they leave, they walk outside, they disappear and go in back into the other dimension. You chase them outside and they're gone. You're like, where did they go? Were they ghosts? I've actually seen them on camera. And that's not a joke. I, I can't give you guys the video, but I've actually seen the video uh, where they came into a hotel and you see them walk in the front door, two of them, on camera. 
and you see them go over and get in the elevator and then they disappeared in the elevator on camera and then they reappeared when the elevator got to the top floor and they walked out and did some stuff that I can't tell you about and then they came back and when they were leaving somebody was chasing them security was chasing them and they walked out the front door and you watch them on camera and it wasn't we, we authenticated this it wasn't somebody making a movie this was this was the videos of from the hotel they opened up the doors opened up and, and you see them walking out and one turns around and looks and when they realized they were being chased they literally phased out right before your eyes and just kept walking away they looked back realized that the guys were running after them one one guy looked back and the other guy looks at the guy who's looking back and he looks at the other guy and then the two of them just turn around and they just fade away into nothingness as they walk through the door. That's a real video that the CIA has and that the coalitions have. And, and that was uh, filmed and, and they show it to us and go, look, here's the, here's the proof. But our governments won't release that stuff to you yet. That'll come out eventually, maybe in this lifetime, the way they're trying to roll stuff out. Okay, so let's get back to um, Raw and the questions. You have to remember this was in 1981 and Dawn... Uh, didn't know nearly as much as I even did in 1981 uh, to know what's going on. So he's still trying to figure it out. So we're going to go ahead and pick up at the next question and continue on. Cause last week we never got to raw. We talked about everything else, but that, but I wanted to give that commercial for those of you who are interested in the UFO phenomenon. And if you've ever heard of the Rendlesham forest incident, the two guys involved, the one that was directly there, they're going to be live February, Saturday, February 11th uh, on Ancient Aliens Worldwide. And uh, if you have questions, um, like it says on that uh, banner, if you have questions, either be there live and and, and ask them or send them to, not to me, uh, send them to uh, Mandy Wilson, who will be the questioner. And she's going to take questions. So you can go to Ancient Aliens Worldwide or find her on Messenger. It'd be easier to find her in Ancient Aliens Worldwide and say, I was told to send you questions for either Gary or uh, Jim or both. Here's my question. She's going to compile those questions and the most asked questions she's going to uh, to actually um, ask uh, to those guys. So hopefully she'll be able to get to all of them. We have no idea how long they're going to go since I'm producing it. I own the channel. I own the, the production. So we last time we went to the, we went like three hours uh, with with Gary and then the last time we only went two hours I think because he had COVID at the time, it was during COVID and he had COVID but he still came on live. Okay, so right, Casey said Mandy Wilson is awesome. She is she's a great person. I love her to death. If it wasn't for her, I would have long since probably folded that group because of where my spiritual mindset has gone. Um, I you know I'm so far beyond the ancient aliens, but it needs to be there for people that are in that spectrum and learning to have that platform to to learn from i went through all that because it was a think tank before it was live for the public uh, there was uh, about a hundred of us and um we just authenticated and investigated and all that kevin remembers that right after kevin cummings welcome brother right after we went live kevin was there so he knows he remember he goes all the way back with his investigation as well i don't know how far back he goes i don't remember but uh, kevin's been uh, around for six, seven years now, probably. Right. Kevin, I, I don't know if you go back to 2012, but, uh, I don't believe that you do. There's nobody in ancient aliens worldwide. That's part of the, of the staff that was in the think tank. Uh, most of those people have done like I've done. They've gone on to work for the coalitions in the world. And, uh, we're no longer discussing the ancient aliens because we actually know what's really going on. And 
there is no definitive proof uh, that the governments will allow us to have. Uh, but they're starting to roll it out. It took them five years after they released uh, the videos that we put on the air before they had their own guy that's still in the military with the little labrette, the big dude with the cruff, scruffy voice, big muscles. And he came on and, oh, I left the government to do this. That's bullshit. He's still working for the government. It's part of their rollout program. We know that. Uh, and he showed the videos and talked to the pilots. We already had all those videos uh, uh, for five years in ancient aliens worldwide. We placed them all over the place. I made a video with the the images from the space from the from the aircraft, the fighter planes uh, that I made that I put together in 2019. Uh, that I have, I can still play the video right now. It's on, uh, where did I just play? I just put it up somewhere, I think on Facebook. Uh, and it was a video that I put together for the group back in like 2019. Anyways, so, so yeah, uh, Penny, if you can't, if you can't be there live, Penny says, for those of you that are listening on the MPT3, you can't see the chat. She says, I'll have to see if I can uh, find it. Uh, the, the link uh, is up here, unless you talk about the video that I was just talking about. That I think it's on my Facebook page. Maybe I'll have to find that and, and link it. I just found it and rebroadcasted it uh, just the other day, about four or five days ago. However, if you're talking about ancient aliens, if you can't find the group, the link is in here in the chat. You can go to Facebook and then type in ancient aliens worldwide group. There's also a page. I own that as well and created that. The group is the one that's live that has a, a, a ongoing 24-hour conversation uh, about uh, aliens and proof of aliens that, that literally it's worldwide operation with almost 300,000 members and people are literally live 24 hours a day posting and talking about everything that has to do with UFOs, aliens now and in history and all, all the time it's it's uh, uh yeah kevin says unfortunately the stuff the government tells us is mostly misinformation agreed it's either misinformation or it's 20 or 30 or 40 years outdated right kevin we know that uh, so when they come out with it we go yeah yeah i knew that <laughs> right thanks you know thanks for you know but you know what what is the what is the joke you know better late than never but we're, we're just like yeah thank you for that 20 year old information for you guys to uh to verify that for us like we needed you know, like nothing exists on the planet unless the United States government confirms it, right? Which is bullshit. Okay, so so the so that's where we are. And I'm going to go ahead and start the the next question that uh, that uh, Don has for Raw. And like I said, we're talking about the the Crusaders and whether or not they were here and who are the black men in black and uh, things like that. All right, so let's go ahead and continue with that. Let me start this. Let me know if it's loud enough. I will turn it up. I don't know. Let me just start turning it up now because I know we had to have it up pretty high for you guys to hear. Well, but I have a new headset with a new microphone on, so it might be louder. So let me know. Okay, here we go. However, the Crusaders of Orion use two types of entities to do their bidding, shall we say. The first type is a thought form. The second, a kind of robot. 12.19 questioner, could you describe the robot? Ra, I am Ra. The robot may look like any other being. It is a construct. 12.20 questioner, is the robot what is normally called men in black? Ra, I am Ra. This is incorrect. 12.21 questioner, who are the men in black? Ra, I am Ra. The men in black are a thought form type of entity which have some beingness to their makeup. All right, let me know guys if you guys can hear that okay. There's nobody saying anything in the chat. So I can't check the sound unless I go and check the audio from... Uh, another monitor which i don't I, I usually 
do that, but I don't have one up right now. So I'm pretty sure that that's loud enough. You guys can hear it, uh, but let me know. I can always turn it up. Like I said, I have it on my headset, so it's not like it's blaring here, and I'm trying to make sure. Thank you, Denise. She said it's excellent. I'm trying to make sure you don't hear the television in the background. All right. So, but like I said, I have a new headset. My other one was coming apart, and I think the microphone wasn't working right. In fact, it stopped today, so I ended up getting a, a new headset with a new microphone. Let me put this back in my ear hang it off my ear on the other side here because the microphone is closer to my head when I do that. Okay, so let's continue. Okay, thank you. If Kevin can hear it as well, then he's doing all right. Then we're doing all right. If he can hear it and it's okay, we're doing all right. Because <laughs> he would tell me, be like, Leo, turn that crap up, bro. All right, let's go. They have certain physical characteristics given them. However, their true vibrational nature is without third density vibrational characteristics and, therefore, they are able to materialize and dematerialize when necessary. 12.22 questioner see that's what i was talking about right that i got ahead of myself again but that's what i was talking about with i've seen proof of them do actually doing that physically literally doing that i watched the video of them doing just that dematerializing to to go right back into the fourth uh, uh, uh dimension and just walk away and uh they come walking out of a door so when they rematerialized walking out of the door uh, even if they bumped into somebody, most people would go, oh, wow, bro, I didn't even see you. Sorry about that. And you don't think this person just appeared in front of me, man. You you say that, but you don't realize that's what you actually meant, right? So so when, if somebody actually appears in front of you and bumps into you, you're like, that guy came out of nowhere. I have no idea. Your mind doesn't want to say that person literally was not there and then they were. You go, I must not have saw them. You try to tell yourself that because it's, because if you don't, then you have to acknowledge the possibility of, of, of shape-shifting or time-shifting or, or, or any of that. Most people aren't prepared to do any of that. Okay, let's continue. Are all of these men in black then used by the Orion Crusaders? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 12.23 questioner. If one were to visit me and I grabbed him and locked him in a closet, could I keep him? Or would he disappear? Ra, I am Ra. It depends upon which type of entity you grab. You are perhaps able to perceive a construct. The construct might be kept for a brief period, although these constructs also have an ability to disappear. Now, the construct we did—I uh, did 28 episodes on the, uh, the what didn't happen at Roswell, New Mexico, uh, where there wasn't an alien spacecraft and there wasn't an alien who survived the accident who didn't, according to the government, that didn't. Uh, uh, in fact, be interviewed by the nurse who was psychic enough to be able to hear her. And she was a construct. She was basically like a doll, like a puppet, uh, like a drone. And the person who was uh, operating it was not, in fact, operating it from being inside of the drone. She was someplace else uh, sitting at a desk like you would be flying a drone. If you were in the military, you could be in an AWACS uh, aircraft or on the ground somewhere. Uh, or back in Langley, for that matter, working in one of the FBI skiffs, and you could literally be on the computer and running the drone. They do the same thing with with physical bodies, some in the shape of, of uh, uh, or the guise of gray entities, gray uh, aliens, and others, and some of the types of, uh, of men in black are, in fact, those. So somebody's operating it. Now, that could be a human. That could be the CIA. That could be the deep state that's not necessarily an alien that's running that, by the way. They really have those. 
Okay, and that and that's why Blade Runner becomes the book and the movie. Uh, becomes well, the Blade Runner was not a book. The book was actually "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep" by Philip K. Dick, but it became Blade Runner the the movie, uh, and uh, that was why that sci-fi thing was written to warn about the creation of humans later on that are in fact not real. Uh, but but nobody has them listed as robots. They have them like having their own entities or being their own entities in most of the sci-fi because most people wouldn't buy that story of of their drones and, and you shoot them. And so they have them like in the fifth day uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where they just upload your, uh, your consciousness and then download you into a new body. People buy that more often than they would buy the fact that, uh, cause the technology wasn't anywhere near that. So in a science, in a, in a sci-fi way, people would be like, Oh yeah, man, that would be cool. Uh, you know, just to download your consciousness into a new body. Uh, but that's what you do. Cause you just turn it off. Right. There's been movies where they did that. Uh, where they showed you where people would be operating machinery, weaponry, and all of that, and they'd be jacked into it. In fact, uh, look at uh, uh, what's that? What's that movie where they where he went into the computer and, and he was inside of a purple person's body? I can't think of the name of the movie. I just watched it. They had just released a new one. Uh, that that movie was was basically that he they could kill that body, and the person that was running it wouldn't die because they're in a machine in a in a fortress someplace. That is the concept being introduced to you of that technology by someone who is in the know and is trying to tell you that. Okay, but they're not laying down in a sarcophagus. You don't have to be uh, doing that, although it does help if you are in a place where you don't have to worry about. And that's why it's usually that way. And they've done it where you people have been sitting in a chair where they're like in a cone of silence. Anyway, those are all sci-fi things, but they're telling you about a, a real technology that's really happening, right? So Karen asks me, do you believe in, in uh, Google building digital twins of everyone inside the, the, the what are they calling that? It's the, the D-Wave, D-Wave quantum computers. Um, well, I, you know, Tron and the movie Tron basically suggested in the 80s, in 1982 uh, or 81 when they started making it, that anything that you make as a computer programmer uh, on the inside, it takes on the guise of you because you're the creator. So if you make like they did with the Tron program, Tron looked like and was played by the actor who was playing friend of uh, Flynn's uh, friend who created the Tron program. Um, and I can't remember his name, but Flynn was, in fact, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name either right now. I wasn't on that track of actors and movies. I was on the track of my brain was in uh, a higher place for the aliens and everything. And I can't think of his name. I can he was in the Big Lebowski and everything else. I, uh, Jeff Bridges. See, I had to pull my brain back into the third dimension of reality. Karen, you're making me jump between the two. It's not a bad thing. It's just you're making me work harder and put and, and move my brain from outside of my body back into my body uh, to get them to access three-dimensional memories. However, um, do I think that it's possible that they could be doing that? Yes. I think that it's possible that they when, when you digitize someone, Say the, the actor from um, Lord of the Rings who was playing Gollum, he was dressed in a green suit and had the diodes all over his body and he acted physically and then they, they made his uh, character in the computer and it looked like him. And then they changed the features to, to give it Gollum. But if you look in there, you can see his face, the actor, 
uh, even in Gollum's face. They do that with any character that is a that is a computer generated character. If you look at the characters from uh, the, that movie, which I can't think of the name of right now, uh, the characters look like them. Even Sigourney Weaver, she it looked like her face. They do that one for facial recognition, so you understand who the character is. But but they also uh, have a problem with creating something else. They have to first create the person's face and then they can morph it. But you can still see their their face in there. Look at the guy who played uh, Jeffrey. No, not Jeffrey Rush. He played uh, Barbosa. But uh, the guy, I can't think of his name right now, who played uh, uh, the uh, captain. Um, uh, what's his name uh, from the, the 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 one with the tentacles? I'm see I'm uh, outside of my head again. I'm, I'm, my brain is off in the nether. And I'm trying to pull it back in. He played Davy Jones. Now, he did the same when he was acting as, as Davy Jones. He was dressed in a full green suit and had diodes all over his body. And then they would digitally enhance his body from his actual features, including his face. So they have to create, is my point, they have to create him digitally inside the computer. So it's not uh, unheard of. It's not hard. They can take my image. I mean, if you guys know Peter uh, uh, Kyle, uh, from Ireland, he's taken a, a picture of my face that I posted from TikTok. He's taken that video and he's made videos where I'm sitting there singing and dancing and he's morphed it and, and has done that jokingly with a deep fake and then played it for everybody. It's on his TikTok and he posted it in the, the couple of the chats, one where he had him and I sitting next to each other singing Christmas carols and neither one of us did that video. It was just a picture, a still a photo of me and a still photo of him. And he digitized them and made them move around and sing. Right. And some of the stuff it does is campy on purpose. But when he wants to get serious about it, you can't tell the difference. So are they digitizing just about everybody? Probably. Yes. Uh, inside the D-Wave quantum computers. Why not? Because what they're trying to do is do away with actors and actresses. You come in. Or you just send a photo in and they pay you for your image. That's what's going to happen. And then they're just creating their own images and they look like people. And because they're not exactly, I've seen many characters in video games that look just like actors and actresses who I know didn't allow them to have that, but they don't look like them exactly. So they can say it's just a coincidence that they kind of look like you because it might've been based on you. So yeah, I believe Karen to answer your question after that long drawn out, thing. Yeah, I think that they are uh, basically um, digitizing everyone. Think about what the, they're doing with your DNA, right? Everybody has, I've given my DNA to Ancestry.com, the Hebrews, the Jewish people, uh, and working in with the uh, Mormons. They're, the Mormon church is keeping every single, they're the, the keepers of all of every DNA and every uh, um, name uh, and all the lineage of every family on the face of the earth. They are the keepers of that. So they have all that information. And when the governments need to find out who's who and who's uh, connected to who, they go to them and they get that information. So why wouldn't they be digitizing everyone and creating uh, worlds within worlds uh, for scenarios, right? So they, they take me and all everything about my background and is this person, it's just like pre-crime, which was another Philip K. Dick book with, that Tom Cruise was in. Where, uh, where he was in the pre-crime group and they were coming and charging people with a crime they haven't committed yet because psychic uh, hybrids were telling them that in the future at this exact moment he's going to murder somebody and they show up just before they murder that person in the act of doing it and stop them and put them in jail. All of that is probabilities that they put into a computer 
and the computer spits that back out. They just tell you in that movie that they're actually humans that are psychic, that, are, that know the future, but they only know a certain distance into the future. So why would they not have and try to build algorithms to identify because they want to control? And I know that they are doing this. I love that you brought this up, Karen, because this is unlocking some, some stuff that uh, I'm going to give you information about. We know for a fact, I know for a fact that they monitor uh, in, in some way. And, and this is why I think that what, what you're talking about is what's happening because they know my DNA before I gave them my DNA, they know my lineage and they know who I am. They knew, they knew before I remembered that I was in fact a wanderer and that I was in fact here on a mission and they tried to recruit me and they try to do that with every single person who was coming here in service to others to help this planet before you remember who you are they try to recruit you so they can use your ability because they cannot create anything so they don't have any abilities there are nobody there is not a single person who is in service to self who has psychic abilities or the ability to to astral project or any of that you cannot do that if all you care about is yourself you lose those abilities you give those up for the money power and wealth that you want so the second you do that you start losing and diminishing your psychic abilities so they have to control you and keep you doing what you're doing and and but there's a way that they're tracking that i believe that the way they're doing it is with computers because they can't do it unless someone does it for them. And anyone who's in service to others eventually says, I'm done helping these people because they're using it for bad. I did it. Everyone does it. Okay. I did that when I was uh, in physics and I was going to be a nuclear physicist. I realized when I started realizing and, and coming up with theories that no one had thought about, I'd actually discussed it with a buddy of mine who I didn't realize was a physics major in college and he, when I was a kid at 18, he says, what are you going to do that's different? And I said, well, Einstein's wrong in a few ways. He says, you think, you think Einstein is wrong. Okay, pray tell. Tell me what you think and why. And so I went into details. And when I got done, he went, wow, where did you learn that? I'm like, I, I came up with that. I'm like, why? And he was like, I don't know that you don't know this, but I was a physics major. That's why I'm a lifer in the government because of my background. He says, I don't just work in the, on the military base. I work in, a, in an area that has to do with physics. And I'm, I'm a professor of physics. I was like, I did not know that about you. <laughs> He's like, you weren't supposed to. However, let's talk more about the details of what your theory is and why. And I went into talking about that. And since then, not because I told him and not because I told anyone else. However, since then, things have progressed to the point where the possibility that Einstein uh, only was uh, exposed to what he was exposed to was right in what he was talking about, but wrong in the in the higher picture. And that has to do with the counting of ten uh, like a monkey: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and one with a zero, and one with a one, and one with a two, and one with a three, and one with a four, and uh, and then only going to nineteen, and then going two with a zero and two. So you're counting by tens, and uh, then all of a sudden there's all these infinite fractures, like we can't figure out pi. Uh, because pi has an infinite amount of numbers. But if you're counting by multiples of 12, all of that disappears. Um, but then they discovered fractals, and then they just forgot about all that, because when they got down the road, they realized you had to be able to co to create, to use that mathematics or the charm of making, which I do know and I've posted. 
uh, but you can't use it if you have no idea if you're only in service to self or you don't know how to use it. It's like magic with a K. I can show it to you. You can say it. You can think you can use it. But the second you try to use it, you either have the ability or you don't. That's why it's not uncommon for people to publish it. You have to be able to know what you're doing with it. So just having the words in front of you, and even if you know what the words mean, it doesn't help you because you have to be able to uh, to access your heart chakra and and work from there. Uh, and the only way you can do that is to be in service to others. And then one, if you ever have that ability, you won't do any any harm. So I believe that they're digitizing that. I think that they have an algorithm that's that's saying this person is going to be against us and at a certain time. Uh, and they also know how they have a clock. We have until this date, and that person will probably start waking up because that I know that they um, they look for vibrations at a certain level that uh, that say that you have abilities, and then they try to recruit you. That is not a joke. I've been uh, they worked on me when I was starting at 11 years of age. They had um, uh, military officers from the from the Air Force coming and talking to myself and my father and trying to convince me to join then. And uh, so that I would be a captain. The second I turned 18, I would become a captain in the Air Force and uh, and then just move up from there. But I'd be working for Skunk Works or any kind of deep state stuff. And I decided not to do it. OK. And a buddy of mine did it. And I know that because when I was 18, 17, I was 18. I saw him. He was a captain in full uh, military uh, Air Force dress gear. And he recognized me and came to me and said, dude, you should have went with uh, with me. And I'm like, that's where you went because he disappeared. Uh, we both got interviewed and then he disappeared a couple of months later and I thought he moved away. Uh, never gave it any other thought and come forward in time until I was 18 from 11 until 18. And there he shows up on a military base here in the state of California. I went there to watch an air show uh, uh, riding motorcycles with my father into the military base. They had us park motorcycles in a hangar and set it out with all the rest of the vehicles. When I got out of the motor, off the motorcycle, we're walking out of the hangar. He shows up. He starts talking to me, tells me that, tells me he can't tell me what he's doing. And then his handlers came and got him away from me and uh, took him off. I never saw him again. Okay. So they're paying attention in some way and tracking humans and their vibration. So uh, if they're putting it in the computer, yeah, making algorithms, making you in the computer, putting you in a scenario and fast forwarding you to see what's going on. Yeah. I, I believe that that's actually happening. Okay, Let, let's continue on with the question. Uh, was it happening back in 84 or 81? Uh, probably not. Well, probably because I, I, at the time when I was 11, I'm 55 now. I'll be 56. So when I was 11, would have been in the in the late 70s, right? Early 80s. So it would have been around that time, 81. I was born 67, 77, 87. I would have been 20. So in 81, when this was taking place, that was around the time I was being recruited by the Star League to defend the front tour against Zur and the Kodan Armada. There's a little little trivia question from a book and movie, if anybody knows what that's from. Okay, here we go. The programming on these constructs, however, makes it more difficult to remotely control them. You would not be able to grapple with a thought form entity of the men in black, as you call it, type. 12.24 questioner, would this be against the law of one and I would be making a mistake by grabbing these entities? Ra, I am Ra. There are no mistakes under the law of one. 12.25 questioner, what I'm saying is would I be polarizing more toward self-service or toward service for others when I did this act of locking up the thought form or construct? I wanted to stop because Penny made a really good point. I happened to look up and read the chat. Penny said, knowing parts of your future is not always a good thing. It is not. There are some parts of your future 
that that I wouldn't tell you even if I knew because you need to go and 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 learn those and experience those. We all have that. I was told two years ago by a psychic who never met me before that they were they were channeling. Oh no, she knew who I was, but she was channeling my father, and I didn't even ask her any questions. My ex-wife said, "Hey, do you have anything for for Leo?" Uh, and she started talking and said that my father was there, and my father was talking to me and telling me I needed to meditate more so he could communicate with me, and that I had um, I had stuff coming to me that was going to be the hardest thing I have ever done in my entire life. And uh, he couldn't tell me, could not tell me. He said this, I can't tell you what you need to do, but I can give you the tools. But you have to go through this on your own. So I'll get, I can give you the tools to do that, but I can't tell you. So there, there's a person who is my father coming from the other side, who is literally saying to the psychic, um, there's just, you know, I can't tell him what's coming, but I can tell him and warn him. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life. And um, I'm still working on that, and I know what it is, but I I still can't tell you guys 100%. Some of it has to do with my mother, uh, in 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 that, but it's not just that, and I can't I can't explain that to you right now either. Maybe in a year or two, when certain things happen on the planet, I'll be able to say, okay, this is what I what I knew and when I knew it. But right now, I can't. Okay, so there's a lot of that that goes on, and I know that pisses some people off because they're like, well, you're keeping secrets. Why? Well, because. I can't tell the world. The world has to go through uh, on its own. As So you're an individual. This is how this works. You're an individual and you have to go through all of your individual things that you wrote down for yourself to learn. It's just like going to a college. You went there and signed up for the classes and you have to take all the tests. Somebody can't come in and fake it for you. If they do, you're going to be found out eventually and you're gonna, people are going to know that you're not legit. So even if uh, if I know more about physics and you're in physics 101, I can't give you the answers to the test because if I do, it's cheating. You're not going to learn anything. You're going to cheat your way through, and then eventually you're going to get a job, and you're not going to know what the hell you're doing, and somebody's going to figure that out, and I'm going to hinder your life by doing that. Life is exactly the same way. Schools in the physical, everything that happens to us or you see and perceive in the physical three-dimensional realm is a manifestation of and exactly the same as what is happening to you on a spiritual level. And then we as a collective of people on this earth also have a set of things that we have to go through as a collective mind, hive mind complex in and above and around and with all of the things that you're learning individually. Do you understand? So there's some things that's like if you guys watch that video that Peter just put up, there was three of them. I know that Casey watched them. Uh, it, there was three of them from Drumvalo Mokizidek. I was always saying Mokizidek, and he says it Mokizidek. The CH is a hard K. And uh, he was even talking about some of the things that in, in 2011 that at the time sounded insane. And now if you listen to it, you go, wow. And he said this in 2011. Um, but there's some things that I don't agree with 100% of what he's saying. I'm not going to get into that, not because I think he's wrong, uh, but because I don't think that he should have said it the way he did. And I'm not going to get into that on this show because he is a Melchizedek and I should give him his his just uh, 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 dues as, as a soul that is uh, having the memory that might be more than I do. Um, I wouldn't wager to say and try to, to blow my horn and say I'm a Melchizedek. However, I know that I'm a 33 on a life scale, and I know that he's only a 22. 
<laughs> okay. However, um, I wouldn't claim because of who I am. I'm not going to say he's wrong because he's not. It's just the way he said something could be interpreted. And I think he did it on purpose. And that's why I'm not saying what he said or calling it out because I think he did it on purpose because I understand in 2011 why he would say it the way he did because he would say the exact same information today differently than he did then. Not that it would change the outcome, but the perception is slightly different than the reality. And I, and I don't think it was because he was wrong in his perception. I think he understood it, but he was speaking to the audience where they were in 2011. Because you guys weren't even aware of the millennial change in 2012. And he mentioned that uh, there and that things were going to change in 2012. So things have progressed. We're, we're 10 years uh, past that, right? 20 years past that, right? That was 2011. So actually, so 2011, 2002, 2022, we're 20 years more advanced than what he was saying there. So you can't look back on what somebody said unless they're calling out a date. And he was very specific about not calling out dates because when you do that, if because the, the future is fluid, and things change. So what I see, this is why they made a point for Yoda to say uh, the future is, is hard to see because it's mostly emotion. It changes all the time. So that's why they said to Luke, you could go now and, and catch, you know, and, and your friends are in pain. He says they're in pain. And he says, yes, you help your friends. You could. But sacrifice everything that they were working for in doing so if you do. And um, so, so the, the future itself, because we are creating the future as we go in this reality, it's hard to look into the future too far into the future and be 100% correct. And that's why people throw rocks at, uh, at Nostradamus. And, and I would say to you to find anywhere in the, uh, in the world of an actual um, um, translation of Nostradamus's quatrains, and you will see that the very first thing Nostradamus says is all these things do not have to come to be. They may or may not come to pass. This is a warning of what I have seen of the possibilities of these things coming to pass. Okay? So, Nostradamus understood the future and how the future works. And everyone leaves that out and judges him by saying, nothing ever had, he never had anything come true until after the fact. No, no, he did. He just, nobody understood it. And no one does understand it until after the fact. I've read it. I taught myself how to read. This is no joke. I taught myself how to read old French uh, so that I could translate because I didn't believe that the people were translating his words properly. I never believe that. I never believe when somebody says something, I say, what does those words mean? Or what does that word mean? What did it mean to the person at the time is more important because they're not talking about, unless they say to you, this is for people in the future. And then their references are going to be in for you to understand in the future and not people then. So they're not people who read it won't understand it. A lot of Bible prophecy is that way. And so when we can unlock it now, it's because we realize it was written for us now. Okay. So it was written in a language that we would understand currently in our time, not in their time. So, but when you're trying to go back in time, you have to look at wh what they were saying and what their words meant then. That's why when you look at Jesus and it said that he was hanging out with 
didn't say those words with Mary Magdalene, she was his companion. Well, that word to us means buddy, pal, some dude who's hanging out, some chick that we hang out with and go see a movie with. 2,000 years ago, that meant wife, meant spouse. Companion meant husband or wife, okay? So you have to look at, the, at all of that when you're looking at things. The same thing happens. Where am I going with this? The same thing happens when you're looking at uh, the future or the past or even the present, and you have somebody who's speaking 20 years ago like Dawn, talking in Raw at the time, and I've said this before, I know more now than Raw did then, or I, I can tell you more now than Raw could tell you then. Raw knew as much as I knew, probably more. That is an entire hive mind species, hive mind complex, that is about to move into the fifth dimension. So they, they knew in the 80s far more than they were uh, letting known, and there's a lot of it that's layered that's in there. Okay, that I'm like I said, I'm unpacking now where I went. I didn't realize this five years ago, four years ago, when we don't know what reality you're in. Right. So, yes, Penny says, because of free will doesn't let you always see the truth. Absolutely. The reason for that is because it's fluid. Right. Um, emotions change the future. Our mindset in the future changes the future. So. We, because we have free will, when you look into the future, it's emotions that you're going to see. And emotions, you know, emotions are directly related to your point of view and your mindset at the time. So if I look forward in the future and I see myself, um, you know, uh, angry or mad or, or whatever, well, what caused me to be that way? Because that changes your thinking, right? Somebody dies and you really, really love and all of a sudden you go, I hate God. God is evil. I hate God. I hate you. Right. You start acting like a little kid. A little kid gets mad at you. They love you one second. You take away their toy and they're screaming and kicking and throwing things at you and telling you they hate your guts. Think about that. So if that's what you see in the future, you're like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible parent. My child hates me and they're evil. And then when you get there, you realize they didn't really hate you. They were just upset and they were just yelling. Right. So did, did Mandy pop in? She, she must be over on uh, on Facebook on my uh, page because I can't see her in the chat. So I'm going to go over there and take a gander and see if she's in there. I'm supposed to be live over there, but I don't see myself live over there. What is going on? <laughs> I'm going to have to refresh the screen because I, I thought I went live on uh, Orion Rising and on my page. Uh, uh, there, there it is. There I'm live there. So let me check the comments because I, I don't have the access to those for whatever reason uh, in the chat unless she popped in and she hasn't said anything. So, uh, so Mandy, if you are in fact here, welcome. I, I posted and talked about the show that we have up and coming in, in February. First thing <laughs> before I got into anything else. Uh, so your ears must have been burning. That's why Casey said that. So back a, an hour ago when I went live, I, I did 15 minutes talking about those guys, uh, talking about Jim and, and Gary and that they were going to be on here. Okay, there's there's Mandy. Hi, busted. She says she's trying to sneak in in case he caught her and said hi. I don't look, I don't pay attention when because people that I know when they pop in they'll tell me when the screen pops up I ignore it. I don't look down unless it's, unless it catches my attention. Most of the time I don't see it. I just ignore it and keep talking. And so when you popped in, I'm sure it said Mandy Wilson just joined the group. I <laughs> joined the chat. So, okay, so so there's a lot getting back to what Penny was talking about, right? Penny says, I have told a woman that she didn't go to the doctor. She would die in six months. Her free will was was to not listen. Right. OK, um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. 
anyone who is who is worth their weight in anything as a psychic um, will at some point come up against that and have to say to somebody, I can't tell you the answer to that. Or you already know the answer to that. Ra does that a lot with, with when he's talking to Dawn, where he's like, we already went through that. You already know the answer to that. We already discussed that. He, that's where, you know, piffy, uh, you know, piffy, snarky, raw. That happens a lot. Okay. So let's continue a little bit with that. But now here's where, again, where they're talking about the, the men in black resing in and out, basically being, you know, drones. They're being drones that are being uh, contact or being uh, uh, controlled by somebody in a, some control room somewhere. Right. I know I do the same thing. Mandy says uh, I like to swoop in secretly. I do. I try that. But most of the time, like if I go to the chat for the ancient aliens worldwide, as soon as I go in there, boom, my name comes up and everybody sees that I'm in there. It's hard to pop into places sometimes on Facebook uh, without people knowing that you're in there. Right. Same thing with with doing the show. Right. Uh, it's, it's hard. And people go, hi, as soon as you pop in, because everybody wants to, you know, it's like cheers. You, you want to go where everybody knows your name. Everyone's like, hey, Norm. Right. All right. Let's continue a little bit here with with Raw uh, talking about the men in black and the um, between the difference between the fourth dimension and third dimension energies and the um, Confederation or the Crusaders who haven't had boots on the ground on this planet since 1981 before that. People don't realize that. They think, oh, we're, we're just completely locked down by the in this prison by these overseers, overlords. They're not even in the solar system anymore. But they left the crazy people in the insane asylum running the insane asylum. And those are the people who think they own this planet. The rich and the elite cabal that think they own this planet. But now, you know, they, if you watch any television program on the face of the earth and you say the word cabal, they're making you sound like you're a lunatic because you said the word cabal. Right. Uh, in, in any of that. They're like, oh, that's a QAnon conspiracy. QAnon hasn't posted for almost two years, for more than two years since the since POTUS left the office, since the, the orange man left the White House and the whole staff went. There hasn't been a QAnon drop, but they are still obsessed with saying everything is a QAnon conspiracy. QAnon has not spoke that I'm aware of to anyone on this planet in two years. OK, here we go. Raw. I am raw. You may consider that question for yourself. We interpret the law of one, but not to the extent of advice. 12.26 questioner, thank you. Well, you spoke of wanderers. Who are wanderers? Where do they come from? Ra, I am Ra. Imagine, if you will, the sands of your shores. As countless as the grains of sand are the sources of intelligent infinity. When a social memory complex has achieved its complete understanding of its desire, it may conclude that its desire is service to others with the distortion towards reaching their hand, figuratively, to any entities who call for aid. These entities whom you may call the brothers and sisters of sorrow move towards this calling of sorrow. These entities are from all reaches of the infinite creation and are bound together by the desire to serve in this distortion. 12.27 Questioner, how many of them are incarnate on Earth now? Ra, I am Ra. The number is approximate due to an heavy influx of those birthed at this time due to an intensive need to lighten the planetary vibration and thus aid in harvest. The number approaches 65 million. 12. Now that was in 1981. We've done the math since then. 65 million in 1981. The population uh, in 1981 was about 2.6 billion people and it is now 7.7, 7.8 billion people. So we've done. We've tried to extrapolate the math, and every year, of course, it gets more. But we believe that it's in the billions now, 
in the, I mean, in the trillions now, or no, in the billions. It was so they were saying 65, whatever he said just now, 63, 65 million. We believe that it's somewhere around four or five, maybe not quite five billion, but very close uh, people that are wanderers that are here. This is why the, the people that are in charge, this is why they can't do anything and they can't kill everybody off anymore because there's there's too many people that are here that haven't woken up, but they're still here with their vibration, raising the vibration. So we're looking at almost half of the population, current population of the earth is in fact entities that came here either to experience this again, because they, they haven't done this in a long time. They wanted to go through this, what's happening here, or to actually help. And just by them being here from a higher plane, they're, they're raising the vibration anyways, even though you're born legally into a human body and you're a baby and you have to go through everything that everyone else goes through, the mind wipe, the whole nines, and you may never wake up. Some of them don't. So it's not like there's three or four billion souls that know as much as I do or Mandy does or, or uh, you know, uh, Dromvalo uh, Mekizedek does or any of those people. It's not, that's not the case. We're trying to wake you guys up and have you remember. And he even said that, which I was like, wow, I didn't never heard him say that before. When I watched that video that Peter had posted, those three videos where his mission was to do exactly what, what I tell people. My mission statement is I never heard Drumballo say that before uh, about waking you up to have you remember who you are and why you're here. Um, I've been telling people that my entire life. And, and I then Drumballo said it in, back in 2011, and I had never heard it because I never saw that video. I was like, wow, okay, that makes me feel better because I know that my mission statement is what the what people the, uh, have seen as the official ascended masters on Melchizedek. Uh, it's, it's the same, so I must be on the right track. So so the, the number was really small right then in 1981 compared to where it is now, but the population of the planet was half, less than half of what it is now, just in 1981, right? Let's continue. 12.28 questioner, are most of these from the fourth density? What density do they come from? Ra, I am Ra. Few there are of fourth density. The largest number of wanderers, as you call them, are of the sixth density. The desire to serve must be distorted towards a great deal of purity of mind and what you may call foolhardiness or bravery, depending upon your distortion complex judgment. I love that. Foolhardiness or bravery, depending on your, that's your perspective of what you think that what these people are doing <laughs> that are coming here. It's either foolhardy because we're insane for trying, for literally dropping down an octave, dropping down from the fourth or fifth dimension into the third and being born here. Uh, that's either stupid, crazy, or just stupid, crazy, or crazy. Depends on how you look at it. Or it's gallant, depending on how much you are or are not in service to others. Do you see? So I love that. It's a matter of perspective is basically what he was saying. And that's where the, the lessons that uh, that I try to teach to people or, you know, that, that come across the the mindset is you have to realize that uh, many, if not all of the truths that you cling to, we cling to are directly related to our point of view. It's your mindset at the time. Look at the woke uh, ideology of the world today and then go back in time 20 years and then try to project in time 20 years. And, and where will we be? Do you, do you see things change? And I've, I've tried to point that out to people a lot where someone says, oh, those Vietnamese people eat dogs. Ooh, yeah. But you know what? The people in India go, oh, those Americans eat cows. Ooh, those Americans eat pork. It's offensive to them. So when you go, oh, those people eat dogs or those people eat cats. 
And they, you, oh, that's because it's your pet. Your point of view and your upbringing sees them as, as pets. They see them as food. Same thing, a sacred animal to the people that, that, are, you know, that are a part of one religion. You go to McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King, any fast food restaurant or, or store and pick up a steak. And they're offended because you're eating their sacred animal in their religion. So the truths you cling to are directly related to your point of view. And then you have people who are vegan or people who are uh, vegetarian and they may, you know, judge you because you eat meat. Well, that's just their point of view. Their body says, I can't eat uh, meat. So they don't eat it. They don't like the way it makes them feel. That's a choice, but it's their point of view only. It doesn't mean that it's right for everybody or wrong for everybody. So trying to apply that to other people is folly. Right. To try and say to somebody, well, they were eating with the wrong fork. How dare they? They're fucking barbarians. Well, they either don't know or don't care. And only people who, who worry about that are people who are trying to impress other people. And that was created by the rich and the elite to say, look, well, this is the way we eat. So you have to do that so that we know you fit. It's the same thing with buying a Rolls Royce or a, or a freaking Rolex. They don't do that because they do it because they can, but, but that's why they, they wear a T-shirt, like buy a, a T-shirt from Kanye West that cost $50,000 for a T-shirt, a tie-dye T-shirt that they could have made for five bucks or bought for five bucks. Why? Because it shows they fit. Oh, that's one of those expensive T-shirts. They must be rich. And they do that so they fit in. They show you that they belong there. So, so judging somebody because they're not exactly the way you are is your opinion. And then it's your ego. Do you see? All right, let's continue. The challenge slash danger of the wanderer is that it will forget its mission, become karmically involved, and thus be swept into the maelstrom from which it had incarnated to aid the destruction. 12.29 Questioner, what could one of these entities do to become karmically involved? Could you give us an example? Ra, I am Ra. An entity which acts in a consciously unloving manner in action with other beings can become karmically involved. 12.30 Questioner, I just had a thought. Do any of these wanderers have physical ailments in this Earth situation? Ra, I am Ra. Due to the extreme variance between the vibratory distortions of third density and those of the more dense densities, if you will, wanderers have as a general rule some form of handicap, difficulty, or feeling of alienation which is severe. The most common of these difficulties are alienation, the reaction against the planetary vibration by personality disorders, as you would call them, and body complex ailments indicating difficulty in adjustment to the planetary vibrations such as allergies, as you would call them. 12.31 Questioner, is there a best way for these entities to heal themselves of their physical ailments? Ra, I am Ra. This will be the last complete question of this time slash space. Sorry, I had to run away, so if you heard the microphone uh, tripping, I had to run away and close the curtains in the living room. Otherwise, my mother would have got up and done that. So I apologize if you heard crash, bang, boom from the microphone. So Casey said, my guide and angel team told me my purpose was to connect, she puts in quotes, connect people back to who they really are and reminding them of, of, uh, of us and being one. Yeah, that's basically the, the mission of anybody who's a wanderer, everyone who's a wanderer come here and in some way you bring skills that that give you the, the that ability but in some way you're trying to wake them up and remind them uh, and reconnect them to their higher self to their who they are and what their mission was uh, that they signed on to come here 
that and, and I tell people that all the time. I'm like, that's what I'm trying to do is get you to do that and to remember I'm one of those uh, people just like Casey, just like you, just like most of the people in this crowd. You guys are beacons and you draw. They find you. They find me. You guys found me. I found you. How, however it worked, the universe brought us together. You're going to be that. You're, you're, you're in some way, that's your job as well. I do it with my words. You may do it with readings. You may do it with with uh, whatever, Reiki, whatever it is that you have, that your, your skill set that you brought here. It might just be, and some people are like, well, I don't want to have to go through all of that and do all of that. And I tell them just being you alive and being a good person is doing the same thing. Okay. So just in fact, that you know, that that's what we're what we're about. If we can wake up all of the wanderers, all these people who came here to help, they don't remember it because they're they're in the trap of the mind when they get here, just like all the rest of us are. Right. You're a slave to ego when you get here. Everything is turned off and you're and you have you vibrated down to that level. However, people that are, in fact, uh, uh, wanderers, they have their higher vibrational soul in a lower vo- vibration body. So they're going to bring some of their memories with them and it's, they'll wake up faster and they're easier to wake up because they know so, super consciously, not subconsciously, super consciously. They know that they came here to help in some way. Right. Right. Yeah. So Penny says, I have always found people who are spiritually spiritual in some way. That, that's what happens. You're drawn. We're all drawn to each other. We're, that's that's what pisses off people in service to self is they can't stop us from conjugating. And they try to. That's why the whole witch hunts were, in fact, uh, if you look at it, the witch's hammer was the book they were using. And um, that only was the, the I can't remember the Latin uh, uh, words for it. Uh, but the, the, the witch's hammer is, is the translation in English is the book they were using. That wasn't a book that chased witches. That was a book that chased that primarily women, because you guys primarily would be more awake. The, the female energy, especially a uh, hundred years ago, 200 years ago, a thousand years ago, you guys would be more awake than, than men uh, because men were more masculine, masculine energy, that side of the Kundalini, that side of the, the, the yin and the yang. And uh, they were more warlike and controlled because there was no education. Women being nurturing were ended up being more spiritual than men. So you guys were the ones who were more spiritual. So they were calling you witches because it would that would scare children. And you have to remember that the adults are children. Most of the people on this planet don't ever uh, become more mature than the age of 18. Most of the time they're somewhere between 12 and 16. They're 87-year-old, 100-year-old body, but inside there is a is a child. And that is the truth. And I tell people that. You can look that up. Look up what is the IQ test based on. You can even Google that unless Google has taken it from you. But then go on DuckDuckGo where they where they are honest. And they'll tell you what the, the IQ test is based on. It's based on the fact that there is no human being that is over the age of 18 uh, mentally, maturity level. So it's easier to scare children if you say, oh, evil magic witch. She's a witch, magic. She's going to turn you into a toad. And then you're like, get them, get them, burn them down, kill her. And uh, the truth was it was free thinking women. And that's who they were trying to shut up. Okay. Because women were becoming more spiritual and they were teaching it to their children. And the boys wouldn't learn because the boys were quickly uh, indoctrinated. So the girls would be handing it down to women, handing it down to women. The Druids were the ones that were handing down the same thing to, to the men because the religion was split into two. 
uh, way back it was one religion, the, and then it was split into the Druid and the Wiccan religion. And that was, if you read the, the 18 or 21 lessons of Merlin, now you're talking about being over on the West, uh, uh, Western Europe, that was the Druids were all men. The Wiccans were all women. Now they're mixed in with both because we're getting closer, going into the age of Aquarius, uh, to getting closer to starting to, to uh, utilize that Kundalini energy, that that energy that is the, the feminine. So now everything's blended. But but uh, 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, it wasn't. So there was that religion was split into two. One was masculine and one was feminine. If you read the 18 or 21 lessons of Merlin, there's two different uh, uh, books that you can read that have all of his lessons in there. And he tells, this is where they get that whole thing where uh, fighters don't have sex before their fight when they're training, because you, you keep your sperm and all of the energy that you release when you have a sexual orgasm and you, and you get, that makes you more aggressive as a man. That's why when you go into the military, the first thing they do is, is stop you from having sex because it makes you more aggressive. It also makes you easier to train because you become less intelligent and more lizard-minded uh, uh, in your thinking. So you're easier. And, and then, of course, you're, you're no longer 18. You're about 16 or 12 in your mental capabilities, and you're easier to manipulate. Uh, and then they turn you loose, and, you're, and you, then eventually you're just dying to have sex. And then they let you go out and do it once you're already into combat. You're getting used to that way of life. They don't care. Then they go have you go get laid, let you have furlough, and you run out and screw a whore or whatever, and uh, then go back to combat. And then they just control you the, the entire time. That's not a joke. That's done on purpose. They know why they're doing it. Okay? They know what they're doing and why they're doing it. Right? Penny says, laugh out loud. I've always scared the adults uh, as a kid. When I was a kid... I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and uh, the, all of the adults who were older than I am now, all my cousins and aunts and uncles, I remember my cousin Virginia, uh, who was married to my, my uncle or cousin, he was my cousin really, my cousin Charlie, who was the nephew of my grandfather. Uh, one of his sister's uh, sons was named after him, Charles. And uh, his wife said, while she was listening to me talk, she said, my God, listen to him. He sounds like he's 33 or 35 years old. I was 11. And she's like, where did you get this all from? Because I was talking spirituality to her at the time. And um, I was actually, there was a time, this is, uh, here's where this is weird. I'm going to tell you this story. I, when I was, I ended up homeless uh, back in 2001. So I ended up living with some friends of mine because we all got kicked out of this apartment. And that was orchestrated by the friends that I had at the time. But the mother of the friends was felt sorry for me and said, I'm not going to let you make him homeless just because you're pissed off and, and having this happen. So she had us move into her. She was in a fifth wheel in the trailer. We, I was sleeping on the couch bed that folded out to a bed. Uh, and until I got myself back on my feet and then moved in with another friend of mine and then eventually uh, got roommates and, and moved up in the world. But at the time, I had nowhere to go. So I was sleeping there and uh, she came home one night. And at first, uh, I thought this was just a dream. Then I thought that it was something that it turned out it wasn't. And I was being introduced to by and it was um, people not of this plane manifesting in front of me as if they were and i didn't realize till the next day that what they did was they took when i was sleeping and she came home with this guy who she wanted to introduce to me and i woke up and said oh hey how you doing and and talked for a couple of seconds 
And then there was an overlapping memory that happened that didn't seem quite right. And I'll tell you about that right now. But it didn't seem quite right because of, of her and her educational level and his that I found out the next day when I started talking to him. So I was, in fact, introduced to him that night. However, someone else came to me at the at that in that nighttime and and overlapped my memory to think that it was just the, my memory of me meeting him. However, the conversation that I remember didn't quite add up. And when I talked to him the next day, I knew that it wasn't the person that I spoke to because he was nowhere near as uh, as awake spiritually or as intelligent as the conversation that I had. So I wake up and I see my, my roommate's mother, who's this is her place. She's coming home at about three in the morning from after closing the bar, but she's not drunk. She was there doing karaoke. She didn't drink much, but she always hung out at a bar. And she was coming home with this guy who was homeless, but a friend of hers. And they, she wasn't coming home to like have sex or anything. He needed a place to stay. And she said, come and stay at my house. And they came in and she introduced me. However, the conversation that took place that I realized the next day didn't seem to fit was I wasn't exactly sure what was happening in the conversation. And this was my first tip that the conversation was something that took place where they were trying to erase the conversation. And I was being introduced to somebody who was actually very important. And um, this person who was on the guise of her and this other man who was in the guise of this guy uh, came walking in and she started talking to me and I was talking back to them. And she said to him, do you see how, how as a matter of fact, he is? And he responded with, yes, quite, quite very. As a matter of fact, she said, I knew you would like him. And he was like, yes, he's very, very awake, isn't he? But he's not, but he's also very awake. And then he started having a conversation with me that I know was way above my pay grade. And uh, but at the time I was I was able to speak to him. And um, then I have this this transformation right then of standing in a foreign place wearing a robe. And I was standing in front of people like the the Nordics who were very tall with the blonde hair, also wearing robes. And I would, and basically they were treating me as if I was a puppy dog who could walk on his feet. Look at how he can jump up and down and sit, stand, roll over. And that's kind of the way they were looking at me, but they were also impressed with, with me because of the answers that I was giving them. And they were like, wow, this shouldn't be coming out of this one's mouth. And they were looking at me, not like a scientific team, but almost as if they were like the human race actually has some worth or, you know, there, there, there may not be uh, somebody that needs to be annexed from the face of the earth. And I was speaking to these people and being shown off and, uh, and the memories I could see were overlapping. I was flashing between being in the trailer and talking to her and that guy and then not being, and I don't think I was supposed to remember the other conversation at all. I think that it was supposed to be the memory was supposed to be implanted that I just met that guy and went back to sleep. But the conversation didn't work right. It was far too intelligent. And my brain being who I am said something's not right here. And over time of me concentrating and meditating on it, I unlocked that. So I was actually my spirit was pulled out of my body and I was taken 
up and, and was in front of the coalition of planets. And I was talking to someone there who was checking in on me. And in the beginning, it was, look how cool, look, look how far he's come and what they're doing there. So then I was giving a report, basically, on everything that I was doing uh, and that they, these people were the higher, higher ups. And they were like, report, right? How are things going down there? Because they were not coming here into the third dimension. They were watching it like you would see a Zeus uh, sitting up on Mount Sinai, watching kind of through that cloud like a movie. And that's all that they could see. Uh, if, if They could not 100% get boots on the ground or see what was going on here without coming here themselves. And they wouldn't do that. So they can come in mentally and uh, pull you out, your spirit out, and have your spirit give them a report. And I've then since had that happen many times and talked to other people, and that's generally what happens. You're pulled out, and then you're talked to, and you give a report, and they talk to you, and you come up with all the stuff that you're going to do, did do, what's happening, what's going on, full report, thank you, soldier, go back to work. Not a joke. Uh, and But that was one of the first ones that I really remembered. And then because of that, I've unlocked other stuff, but that's insane. Now, the reason I say that is because some of you are having that happen to you and you don't know it, <laughs> okay? Uh, I don't know how many of you who will be hearing my voice right now will have that happening to you, uh, but it does, okay? And um, that's part of the awakening process. The reason they do that is because you're still having an organic experience and you have to unlock these things for yourself. So it's only when you wake up enough, again, it's the magic with the K that we talk about. You can't do this and, and remember it until you're capable of remembering it. Because even though you've come here on a mission to wake these people up, you have volunteered to become part of this place and you only can wake up the knowledge that you have in you in the time that you're supposed to because of the responsibility of not turning yourself evil by using what you have to your advantage to make money, but also not trying to break the laws of the universe, which is part of the law of one, uh, the, the laws of the universe by trying to give information that this entire world population is not currently capable of understanding or um, should have because they are children. They are, in fact, between 11 and 17 years of age. Everyone is running the planet, everybody you speak to, and it's only, and you will know them when you meet them, those people who are not, and you go, wow, he's such an old soul, she's such an old soul, she's so wise, he's so wise. And those people generally, because they are, are not in a, in, in a place where they're trying to get power at all. That's what happens. Okay. If you're in service to others and you start gaining knowledge at first, you go, I have to tell everyone that's because you're still mentally not over the age of 18. Your ego is still there. And then eventually you start getting the information. You start realizing it. You start telling people. And that that's what the beginning of how it works is you start going, you're asleep. You need to wake up. And, and, and that's because you're still kind of asleep, but you're waking up. Uh, and then you realize as you wake up that you can't tell people that because they'll turn you off. They are asleep. So then you have to figure out how to lead them to the watering hole. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And then try and, and get them to drink without 
forcing them to do it. It has to be their idea because of free will. And so you have to keep leading them back to the promised land, as it were. That's the whole purpose of the whole um, uh, exodus, by the way. And the teaching of the exodus, that entire thing we've talked about before, is the chakras. Uh, and uh, so is the, the revelation in the Bible, Jesus Christ's revelation. It's aligning the chakras, the letters to the churches is aligning the chakras and if you go back and read the exodus and everything that goes on with moses it's aligning the chakras and waking up that's why they always leave out the the pillar of fire by the way do you do you uh, you watch all the movies and only the one with charlton heston had the pillar of fire come and stop ramses all the other movies including the one with christian bale that he just did in 2015 or whatever that was 2015 or 2012 uh, the, the, that one they left out the pillar of fire not the burning bush, but when Ramses was chasing uh, Moses and all the people after the Exodus, um, before they got to the water, before they got to part the, the Reed Sea, the Red Sea, it really was the Reed Sea. If you look on the map, it was the Reed Sea, not the Red Sea uh, that they got to. Parting the Reed Sea, before that, there was a pillar of fire, a big giant whirlwind, like a tornado of fire that appeared in front of Ramses and stopped him and stayed for a long time while they were going through the mountains before they got to the beach and it stopped Ramses and allowed Moses and the entire possession procession uh, uh, pardon me procession to make it to the beach and you have to remember they were there for a while the Christian Bale one showed that where they sat there at least overnight and he threw a sword into the ocean and that was uh, he had to uh, throw down his weapon and trust in God uh, to lead them to the promised land and, and the sacrifice was him throwing his sword, uh, all of his aggression and everything and saying he was defeated. He threw his sword in the water and sat down and said, I'm going to sit here until I die. I've gone through that. I literally did that and sat down and said, I'm going to sit here until I die unless I get a, a sign. Uh, I went through that exact same thing. Only I didn't have a sword, but it was basically the same thing. And I sat down. I was, I was living in my brother's house, which he was selling and and I had just saved him his, his house for him so that he could sell. And he was basically going, you're going to be homeless. You got to get out. I'm selling the house. He didn't care where I was at because his, his uh, mindset at the time, and he won't even talk about it now. I paid $38,000 of my money to keep his house current. And then he just sold it out from under me and said, bye. Uh, but I understand. And, I, and people are like, well, why don't you hate your brother or sue him for it? Because he's, it's, you know, uh, Jesus said it best. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So he'll figure that out. He has to live with that. It's on his consciousness that he has to live with. Eventually, he's going to remember that and have to live through that and realize that he did that to me uh, and that the justification for him doing that was uh, a lie and not true. Uh, and uh, at the time, I didn't know where I was going to go and I didn't have a job. Uh, and, and that was a people that was the opposition uh, that was up against me at the time. I found that out and people since then got fired, large people in, in a corporation got fired because they were lying about me uh, and, uh, and it was keeping me from getting a job uh, and they were doing it on purpose to screw me over. And I found that out a few years later and those people, uh, one of them is now deceased and the other one uh, is like a patent clerk somewhere. Not even that, I just said that because that's where a uh, file clerk, with, which is where um, Genghis Khan is in the fourth dimension is uh at the next level up in the evil side he's a he's a file clerk he went from uh conquering half the known world to a file clerk that's what happens when you go to the next octave you're at the bottom but i sat down and said give me a sign or i'm going to sit here until i die i have no reason to go on 
because I don't believe that what I'm doing is helping anyone and I and I uh, it's not helping me and I have nothing but opposition that is destroying my life and my reputation and uh, I have nothing so I need a sign and I sat down on a chair a folding chair one of those ones that are from camping outside on the patio at the house that was being sold out from under me and I had nowhere to go and uh, I ended up moving into my my buddy's garage and made a bedroom out of that until until his uh, girlfriend and, and her son moved out and I moved into a bedroom and started paying rent and then moved my way back into life from that point. Um, but I had nowhere to go at that point. So I hadn't talked to him yet. And I literally sat down and I said, I got nothing. I'm going to sit here. And um, I closed my eyes, I had a Bible in my hand. I closed my eyes and I sat there and said, I'm going to literally sit here until I starve to death. I have no reason to go forward. You better give me a sign or I'm just going to die and, and start over somewhere else with somebody else. And literally that's when things changed in my life. And there was a presence that I thought walked in from the garage into the patio. And I thought somebody was there. I, I knew someone was there. There was someone there and I sensed them. Turned around, there was no one there. Uh, and I turned back around and thought that was weird. I knew that somebody was behind me and saw me. That's really freaky. And then the, all of a sudden I felt someone standing behind me and they literally had their body touch mine. And then I felt hands on my shoulders. And I looked and there was no one there, but there was someone there. And the love that I felt and the shining brightness that was there, I knew that it was what you would call the Jesus energy, the, the Jesus factor. And, and I realized right then that everything had been answered for me in that one act and that I needed to get up and move forward to do what I'm doing now. And I did, I got up and this entity said, go and talk to Harry. So I left on foot because I didn't even have a car. I, I gave my brother my car because I was, had my license suspended. It was bad, I was homeless. Walked over to Harry's house and said, I need a place to stay. And he says, all I got is a garage. Would you be willing to that? I said, it's better than that. I'll be under a uh, drive, you know, under overpass. He said, okay coldest winter on freaking history in that town and i was in the garage and and i would uh, had four or five blankets on me and an alarm and i and my mother gave me a vehicle that had one frayed front tire and had a blown valve gasket and i literally clawed my way back into society from that not a joke guys so when you guys hit the rock bottom and you think that that stuff happens and you hit rock bottom you know, just know that you did this. You're the one who's, 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 you know, either pick yourself up or not, and you have to move forward. So it happens to all of us. So I've been homeless more than once in my life, ended up homeless. And it was not, it was because of the decisions I made, but it wasn't my fault. It was usually other people that I would rely on and they ended up uh, screwing me over. <laughs> right. Opposition. Hello, Peter. Welcome, my brother. I was talking about you. Um, so, it's, you know, people tried to tell me and warn me about that, but they couldn't. I had to go through that. That was the dark night of my soul. I had to go through that to hit that point to then reach out to my higher self and to the universe and say, um, I'm ready. I just don't know what to do. All of us go through that. And if you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't been through it, you may not have to. Not everyone has to 
get that far down before their life changes. Some people uh, did that in another lifetime. But in this lifetime, I decided that I needed to crash to stay humble. And everything that has happened in my life has kept me from having a big head to remind me not to do that. Uh, and so that's why I don't. And people are like, why don't you do this? You can make so much money. I'm like, yeah, all I have to do is get myself fit the way I was uh, when I weighed 270 pounds and had a, a you know 4% body fat get back to that place and start showing off my body on TikTok and, and Instagram and I'll make millions. Not a joke. Put on a Speedo, wag my penis at everybody without showing my actual penis and then uh, go onto one of those sites and show myself naked and charge you money for it. And and uh, people all have all kinds of money. Or uh, have a podcast that talks about stuff that the, that children want to hear about. Cars, TNA, or buy into the religion of politics and just talk about politics on my show. Uh, if I do that, I'll get popular. I was popular when I was doing that, right? So I could do all of those things, but those things are not helping the world. They will help some in some ways, but then then I am on that fringe of, of politics and just talking about politics all the time. I have way more uh, followers when I talk politics. Thousands, tens of thousands of people follow me if I only talk about politics. Start talking about spirituality and you get shadow banned on all the platforms. Okay. Right? Penny says, I've crashed and burned. Right? Right? So, but it takes that. That's part of the experience to get yourself unstuck here from that place. Right? Which is the trap of the mind, the prison of the mind. That's what this place is about. It's not a, a prison of uh, three-dimensional beings who captured your soul and won't let your soul leave. Okay, that's that's not happening. That's not true. It's not true. But but then the, the, the little bit of truth that is with that lie is that when you die, you will go to a place where people are going to say you're here on a mission and you need to go back. That's not the lie that's trying to trap your soul. But people will believe that when you hit a certain place in your development, you start to believe that that's true until you push past that. And then you realize that's not. That's actually, or if you have a memory of it, that's actually yourself and your guides saying, okay, you signed on for this, so you do need to go back because you said you were going to. And then you're reminded of that and you go, oh, yeah, you're right, I did, didn't I? And it's not because they brainwash you and you're in a prison. But some people say that I'm uh, out of my mind and, and that I am completely uh, have lost my mind because I say that. And the, the people in the ancient aliens world are now a lot of them preaching that we are prisoners and that there's a three-dimensional um, beings in charge and that they have these devices that capture your soul when your soul tries to leave the earth. Uh, and then they uh, either zap your soul and make your soul forget and put you back into a body or uh, they, they uh, hijack you and then can tell you you're on a secret mission and you need to go back and it's all a conspiracy. Don't go into the light. When you die, try to remember to escape. And then when you do, you're going to, once you wake up and say you do this and say you do escape, uh, and once you wake up out there and get your memory, you're going to do, what you're going to do is you're going to actually turn right back around and come back because you're going to realize, fuck, that's what I'm here to do. Okay. So it's not, it's not a trap that some three-dimensional beings put together and you're a prisoner because you spoke out against the machine, which happens here in this planet. Uh, on another planet somewhere, and they got mad at you, and they took your soul and brought you here, right? Is there such thing as a fake light? No. No, there's not. There, there, there's not. There's only one light, and they cannot make it appear. So your soul knows the difference. 
they can't, evil people cannot create or recreate in any way the light that that is the from the creation that takes you to the other side. They can't do it. They, they cannot do it with any trickery. Your soul knows the difference. So even if you're half, uh, you know, just barely dead and you're still confused, you're going to go, that ain't right. There's something about that light that's not right. You're going to know it. it. And I know because I have, I have uh, many times because of who I am, I can see people like, uh, if you ever saw that, that show that, um, that what's her name uh, was in where she was, uh, I think it was called medium. It might've been, don't ask me, don't know. I'm not sure, but the, uh, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Love Hewitt was uh, 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 in a show where she was a medium and she could see dead people and she was helping them to transition. She does that in real life, by the way. Uh, that's why how she got the show. That's why she got the show and did the show. Because in real life, she has abilities and she's capable of doing exactly what she did in the television show that she was on at the time. Now she's just on 911 as an operator uh, and, and plays a part, although she plays a great part in there. Um, but in real life, she is a, a wicked priestess and she can do those things. And I do those things and have my entire life. People come to me because my light is more blue. It's more indigo. So they're drawn to me like gnats to a flies to a flame or, or, or gnats to a, to a light. And um, they come to me and they know that I can hear them and I can see them. And they don't know why, but they know they have to be near me. Uh, and because they think I'm the light at first. And then I, then I can literally uh, call to the other side and have the light open up for you for your soul have the ability if you want to go so people who are lost and I'm like are you looking for the light yes okay here it is and it will appear in front of you you will see the light and you can go into it and transition okay and that just takes you your guides come and meet you and sometimes family members and they take you over to the other side and there's that transition uh, where you then start getting your memory back but it takes a little bit of time it doesn't take months it doesn't take a month. It takes a day or two in our time. But a day or two in our time is like a, is is like a, a, a millisecond to the universe, by the way, because we're our, our past, present, and future being separated. Um, so, but for us here, uh, like when you're one of your relatives die and you say to somebody who's psychic, are, are they, well, they're still transitioning, they might tell you. Um, it'll take them a little bit before they get um, uh, knowing what's going on, on the other side. In our time, it could take up to three days. But in reality, it happens instantaneously, because once you leave this realm, uh, past, present and future, everything in the entire universe happens now. So the second you die, uh, the second you leave this realm, if you're not stuck here as a spirit and you go cross over, the second you cross into the light, you're completely awake. You know everything. You have all your memories back, everything from the beginning until then. Once you cross over, right, you'll know the truth. Absolutely. Casey, absolutely. So. Um, and, but so that's when they're telling you don't cross into the light because they want you, those people are propagating that. Yeah. The rainbow bridge, uh, that's, that's what, the, that's exactly what that is. Bifrost, the rainbow bridge in the Viking folklore is the light crossing over. Um, they saw it as the spectrum, because if you look at the Aurora Borealis, which, uh, the Aurora is a goddess, by the way, who helps people cross over. You can look this up and, um, Borealis. Uh, those words, Aurora Borealis, means uh, the uh, Aurora effect or the Aurora aura, the the light energy of Aurora. Uh, and Aurora is a goddess. You should look that up. So the Aurora Borealis, it comes from the Ouroboros, right, which is 
the energy of the earth, which is the dragon of the North Sea, the dragon that encompasses the Orboris, Ouroboros, that encompasses the entire planet. And that's so when you see the, the northern lights, that is the rainbow bridge. And they believe that was Bifrost, the rainbow bridge. And that was the crossover point between the veils. And it is actually <laughs> manifesting in a third dimension the same way that water reflects the light of the sun and gives you a rainbow. That's why Peter's showing you the rainbow. Uh, and it, so it creates that rainbow effect. Only with the aurora borealis, you don't see it as a, as a set rainbow. You see it as, a, as floating in the air because the energy there is actually fluid more uh, because the veil is showing you, you're actually seeing the veil itself. Whereas when you're seeing it through the rain, you're just seeing the spectrum. So you see it as that rainbow because it's in the shape of the energy of the earth because it is the energy of the earth. But when you see it as the Ouroborealis or Aurora Borealis, the Ouroboros uh, that you see in the Northern Lights, um, you're seeing the flow of the veil itself, like a flag blowing in the wind. If you see a flag and it's just on paper, it's flat. But when you see the flag and it's in, it's, and it's in nature and the wind is blowing it, you see it blowing. The same thing's happening when you look at the Aurora Borealis. You're seeing it in its natural state. Whereas when you see it through rain, you're seeing a picture of it that is being broadcast by the rain for you to see. It's a different spectrum, but it is the same rainbow. It is the same uh, veil that you're seeing. Thank you, Peter, for, for giving me that. So, uh, so that crossover that happens doesn't just happen when your soul leaves. There's different levels as you progress up in the spectrum. Right. Um, Penny says, I was before the light and they touched my third eye and sent me back. Well, that that was there again. You were uh, it wasn't your time. And something happened where you you slipped out of your body and you thought you were going to cross over and you were heading to cross over. Uh, and then your higher self and your guides stopped you and said, "Whoa, it's not your time yet. And you have the memory of that. There's a reason for that. They do that. Uh, sometimes that happens on purpose and it's a sign that you're supposed to remember that. It's the only reason why you experience it and you still remember it. It's because you were supposed to, because it opens up the possibility in your mind in this life of a life that transcends this life uh, to another side into a higher spiritual realm. It's the same thing that happens to people with UFO sightings uh, that opens up and unlocks in their mind the possibility of life outside of this earth, which also opens up the possibility of spirituality in a larger sense. So it manifests that same lesson manifested to you in a near-death experience. And then, uh, and, and it could have been you were, went to sleep and had it happen uh, and you were out of body and you went there and had that happen. Or it could have been that they pulled you out on purpose to, to give you that because it was your time to wake up, or it could have been something that was a near-death experience. All of those things are all possible, and, and they're all personal to every one of us. And it may not even manifest as any one of the things that I've just said to you. And But you will know when you have that epiphany, as we call it, in the words that we can use here in English, when you have that manifestation uh, of a greater knowledge that happens to you where it unlocks in your mind the possibility of higher uh, realms. Something will happen to you in your lifetime that will give you that lesson that if you want to have it come to you, then you will have the realization. But if you choose not to, you'll explain it away as I had this crazy ass dream. 
right? I, you were 12. Yeah, I the first time I had something like it happened to me, I was eight. Right? I mean, that, that happens. It used, to happen to, it used to happen to me a lot. And I thought that I was going crazy. Let me tell you about my experiences. And uh, it took a couple of psychics. My father said, my son has something going on. And, and it was manifesting in a way that we thought. Uh, at first, they thought it was something, a mental problem. And then they thought it was something to do with my fever. Um, we think that, he's, that he has a really high fever and he's, and he's uh, delusional. Uh, and then a psychic said, no, he's not. He's waking up and this is happening because he's, but he's not, he doesn't have anyone to tell him because my father wasn't, uh, wasn't seeing it for what it was. So what was happening to me was this happened for years. Uh, and I thought I was crazy and I was going to shrinks and they thought I was nuts. And they were, and that was when the government really came after me. And I know now why. So what was happening to me was I would go to bed and I would wake up in the middle of the night for some reason that I don't know why, but I would wake up and everybody would be asleep and they would, and they would all be uh, turned off. Right. Okay. See, Casey says I was 16 when I saw two UFOs within six months. Do you see that was, that was done on purpose. So I wouldn't, I go to bed and I wake up and it just, it did happen to where, when this did happen and occur uh, in the beginning, it was when I was six. So I did have a fever. But that wasn't that was kind of the catalyst in the beginning until I was capable of actually maneuvering myself. And I'll tell you how that went progression went. So I woke up and while I was awake, it was as if you were, I was standing in a room full of about 300 people and they were all talking at once and I could hear all their voices. And if I concentrated hard enough, hard enough I could concentrate on on one particular voice and hear what they were saying. And I could hear who they were talking to or, or what was going on, um, but they were, I couldn't see them, but it was there. And so because of that, I thought I was going crazy because I'm hearing all these voices in my head and it would scare me. So I'd want to go to my father or my mother, and then I would try to explain to them what was happening. And my mom eventually was the first one that would say, here, you have a fever. Oh my God, look at you. There's something wrong. Wake up my dad. My father would then jump into, you know, protect the kid, help the kid mode. He's got a fever. What do we do? We got to give him some aspirin. We got to, you know, uh, maybe we have to take him to the hospital. So he wasn't paying attention in a spiritual way right away. So that what was happening that I was unaware of is that I was actually tapping into the grid, which is what the Internet is supposed to be. But I was tapping into the grid that the Indigo kids or at the time they were star children. Uh, were tapping into to where they were literally speaking to each other from around the world uh, with their minds. And I didn't know it. And nobody was stopping long enough because they all knew what they were doing to, to teach those people who were just uh, aware of it to go, wait, hold on, guys. There's one here that's a new one that can hear. Hey, listen, buddy, let me tell you what's going on. That doesn't happen. And it didn't then. It does now because people like me have went through it and we go, wait, we got to tell people what's going on. But at the time, I didn't know that was happening. And I thought they were sending me to shrinks and they were doing all these tests on my brain. And that was when the government showed up and tried to recruit me for the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. Literally, I was 11 years old. So it started when I was eight. By 11, I had the government coming after me. That's when my father started realizing something else was going on. Because if the government didn't think I was crazy and they saw that they needed me for a purpose, that meant that what was happening to me was not what he thought. It wasn't I was crazy. It wasn't that there was something wrong with my brain because the government wouldn't have anything to do with me. They'd want to lock me up, but they wanted to recruit me. 
which meant that there was something else going on. And that's when my father clicked back into Merlin mode and said, oh, my, I didn't notice this. I didn't see this. Why did I not? And then he realized later that he wasn't supposed to because it was supposed to happen the way that it did. And then I realized that as well. Okay, so I was unlocking other dimensions of reality and did had had no guide to tell me until a psychic said when my father then took me to a psychic and said, I think something I'm not going to tell you anything. I need you to read my son and tell me what's going on. And the psychic was like, he's what's known as a receptacle. My father said, what is that? She said, it's the only word I can tell you in this language. Uh, The concept is. He draws people's energy to him. They're drawn to him like a moth to a flame. And he receives information from people, but he also receives it from the universe, from everywhere, from everything. And he is his job is to bring that out in everyone else. He can hear them. He can sense them. And because of that, he reaches out to them and they are drawn to him. That's why it's was called a receptacle, because I'm receiving and she said, he said, is that like a medium? And she says, if the medium was like on steroids, 10 times, 100,000 times more powerful than them, than them going just between this realm and the dead. And so he was like, OK. And that's when he was like, all right, we got to go from here forward. And then he said, this is what's been going on. And she was like, you need to tell him and tell him what's going on. So that was when things changed drastically in my life. And then the government tried to recruit me and they stayed after me until I was 27. And then they stopped trying to physically recruit me at 27. And then they've been trying to physically stop me since that date until now. Okay. From doing any of what I'm doing. Okay. So the first memory of seeing the spirit, you were about five, right? See, at first it's like, what is this I'm seeing? And then it progresses because it unlocks different levels in your mind. And then you start getting more and more and more downloads that unlock more and more, right? Penny was the one that said that. And then Denise said, my first time seeing a spirit was when I was 11. Um, my mom came to me. See, my father used to have his mom come all the time. And then Denise said, I really never, uh, I really never knew. Yeah, I really never knew what was going on until I was until I met Leo. Right. And then see, you didn't have someone in your life. I probably wouldn't have either if I didn't have my father and him believing and taking me to a psychic. Uh, I, who knows how long it would have taken me. Right. So that it it, and it happens once you find the right person who will guide you and rarely is it someone who's in service to others because they're trying to recruit you and they don't want you knowing anything so they're not going to try and tell you you are something unless they're going to say you're jesus christ you're the savior and we need you to do this Uh, and and that's when they're going to try and control you and, and make you think you're bigger than you are to unlock some of that potential in you but control you at the same time and and make sure that they can use you as a weapon in some way right so penny says i didn't have anyone guide me uh, uh, ever until lately in ways with my spiritual friends. Right. And, and that happens a lot. It's unfortunate. I came through uh, and obviously made sure that I came through in a place with a, with a family that uh, was already awake and already had abilities to give myself that hand up to make sure that I became who I was. But all of us don't come through in that way. Uh, you decided that you, there was something you needed to learn along the way that you wanted to wait until you were ready. You wanted to make sure that you were an adult, Penny, uh, that, that you did that. So you have to realize it's not something that someone held you back. 
you woke up exactly when you decided that from the beginning. So when you got here and were coming in as Penny uh, to be born into this body, you had decided that, that you needed something that you wanted to learn, that I'm not going to wake up in this lifetime until this particular time on purpose. That you all, We all design all of that, okay? So you, you needed to go through something that it would be a detriment to you if you knew what you knew now when you were a kid. And I'll bet you if you meditate on it and think about hard enough, you'll go, you know what, if I was this awake then, all this other shit probably would have happened to me because of who I was around at the time or who was in my family or where I lived, something. You kept it hidden until this time and chose this time to wake up when you did. That's not a joke. We do that. We design all that. We need to realize that, right? So Casey says, I was four when I saw, but when I first saw a spirit and my parents told me to stop making things up and lying, right? That's generally normal. And that's where they're trying to keep Casey. This we're trying everyone's parents. It's not their fault. They don't know what they're doing. That's part of the design to keep everybody from waking up is to not, not the one, but that the creator made, but it is part, it's allowed because it's part of the matrix and it's part of uh, the, the people that are in control who understand the matrix. And they, te they teach your parents that all, and that churches are corrupted to tell you the same thing, that any kind of uh, spirituality that's not what's in their book or what they tell you is the devil and the demons trying to possess your soul. Uh, and they tell you that UFOs and aliens are devils and the demon because they need you locked into the 3D reality that there is a, someone that's in charge that's higher than me, caste system, that there's this God and I'm nobody and I'm just this little lowly thing and anything else is the devil trying to keep me away from God and lead me astray and lead me to hell. Therefore, I'll never wake up spiritually because you'll never expand your consciousness to the ability or even the narrow thinking ever or the widest thinking that you are in fact a piece of the one consciousness that is God, that you are in fact on a higher, higher, higher plane, the higher up you go, the more you become the one. And we all do. But right here in this place, we are so far separated and removed from the one. And we don't remember that all of us together are, in fact, the one. That's why when you get to with someone who spiritually, uh, you, like sex is better. When, when you are, people are near each other spiritually because you're, you're because sex is a part of that. Right. You saw the videos with John Volo where he talked about the sexual relationship between the tongue and the brain. Our physical tongue goes all the way to our heart. Right. I'm a really good kisser when I kiss people, especially if I get to use my tongue. Right. And I've learned a long time ago that to be a good kisser, when you make contact with someone else's tongue, if you, in fact, feel from your heart when you do that, it projects to their body. And every woman that I've ever kissed was like, oh, my God, I felt that in my toes. They would curl their toes up and go, wow, where did you learn to kiss like that? Because I literally kiss from the heart when I do it. Okay. I do that on purpose. I don't kiss very many people very often like that because uh, when I do that, I'm doing it on purpose and I'm opening up my heart when I do it. And, and I'm doing that so that I show them that part of me. And if I kissed you, trust me, I don't care if your man was the, was the shit, you would still feel that because I literally love you when I kiss you and am in love with you when I kiss you. I project that to you. Okay. And you would, for that point, you would go, my God, you're a great kisser. I'm married. Get away from me. Don't ever do that again. 
but oh my God, you're a great kisser because, because of that. And if you do that same thing, when you kiss someone, they'll feel that same connection. So when your person that you're with, if they're spiritual and they're closer, if you guys can mesh in a spiritual way, as well as a physical way, uh, then that manifests and it makes everything better, not just your, your uh, relationship, but it makes the sexual experience even better because now you're more open and you start feeling more as one. You actually start to feel that and you're like, wow, I had sex and I felt it for a minute there. It felt like we merged. That is happening because you're you're moving up in your vibration together and you're moving into a place where your two souls are intertwining and mixing the energy, not just your physical bodies. Right. But I don't normally talk about that too much because if people can use that to their advantage, because you can use that energy, you just can't create with it. But you can use that energy sexually to dominate people. If you're in service to self, you can't. It's not as intense, but it gives a little bit of that spark that uh, people will fall for your shit and then you can take advantage of them. And that's why, you know, I, I tell people if I wanted to, I could do that to anyone but I'm not that person. So I don't, right. It's just like being an energy vampire. I can suck your energy out right now. If I wanted to, even from this distance, you could do it to me if you knew how to do it, but you have to be more in service to self to rip someone's energy out of them. That's one of the reasons why I posted the pictures uh, in the reel that I made of the, of the, in fact, if you read, I left it and didn't say anything about it. But if you watch that reel, the first picture is of a man. The second one is of a woman. If you look down at the bottom of the screen, it actually has the the notes still on her image. It says actual image of a 63-year-old woman who voluntarily possessed, and I left off the last part of it for you to read, okay? Um, so you can see the difference in the energies uh, that were there if you know what you're looking for. And then the, the static one that you see that's blue is a different spectrum of, of, a, of a person that's meditating, and, and that energy... Uh, if if it was showing the same energy of the woman's energy uh, would be really really tiny it would be it would be red it wouldn't be blue uh, so but I didn't explain any of that because only the people that I know that actually can see it uh, even if you read it and looked up and then went back and said what's the difference between his energy and hers if you can't see auras you don't know but if you can and that's why I said uh, what I said right actual pictures why is this important I said that because only people who can see auras will see the difference in those three pictures and what's happening and understand that. It's esoteric. I do that a lot in the shit that I do. Just like that one where I posted with four words that were spelled wrong. And if you read just those four words that are spelled wrong together, if you if you kind of have are the mind to see, those just reading those four words individually will take you to a different place. And if you read and look up all of those words and see what they actually mean, um, and see that they're not actually spelled wrong. They're spelled correctly, but they're just the wrong word in the right place and a play on words, right? I did that with that one, right? And I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about because it wasn't a typo like when I'm talking in a chat, <laughs> right? I do that on purpose. Uh, and and uh, when Denise talked about that and she's like, there's, there's actually, no, there's four words that are spelled wrong uh, for what you think they mean. Um, but what they actually mean is taking you, it's a message that's taking you in a different place. Uh, and, and you can get it through osmosis by reading those words. Or if you don't notice any of that because you're locked into the 3D, you're just going to go, this guy doesn't even know how to spell. And those people, that message is not for. Right? So those people can tune me out and go, that guy's an idiot. He's misspelled four words. You're absolutely right. 
have a nice day because <laughs> that message isn't for you and you won't get it. Someday you might. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So you ended up shutting everything off. That's seeing that. And that's what kept you. Casey said, so I ended up shutting everything off because they told her to stop lying and stop doing that. Um, and, and they do that. That's their, it's not their fault. It's their programming. And when you're locked into 3D and you're not spiritual at all, that's what's going to come out of your mouth if that's where you are. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's unfortunate. That's just part of uh, being uh, locked into that. They were not very spiritual. I'm sure my grandparents were not awake at all. Uh, even though my grandmother was waking up, she was going to church on her own and was going to different churches and experimenting uh, and smoking pot. I found that out when she was in her 70s. I was like, oh, my God, she's been smoking pot her whole life. And I didn't know it until one day I walked in and heard her a friend. I come walking in. I'm like 23, 22, maybe. I don't even think I was that. I think it was 18. And, and I come walking in. Here's these 70-year-olds sitting there smoking a joint in the house. I'm like, you guys are smoking pot. And my grandma's like, yeah, we are. <laughs> How long have you been doing this? And she's like, I don't know, 60 years. I'm like, well, what? What? Blew my fucking mind. So my grandmother was more awake uh, than my grandfather. He had no idea. He was not awake at all. He was just a man who went to work. And he worked for the Southern Pacific Railroad. And uh, retired at 56 uh, from the railroad, which is very early back in the 70s to retire. And he had a lot of money uh, and he just lived his life at that point and drank and drank whiskey and beer every day and uh, watched television and sports and just grew up. And I never heard him say anything spiritual, never went to church. He wasn't against it. But so he was awake at that, uh, to that point. But that was it. Grandma was the one. She went without him and she was the one who talked about stuff and was completely different. Uh, as spiritually than my grandfather. And um, I see where I get that DNA from <laughs> that side of the family, right? Yeah, so you end up doing that. You end up shutting everything off until you're ready to not, right? Penny says, I feel that that I split my soul before I came here. Yes, you did. Uh, Drumvalo talks about that. I don't think, Penny, maybe you didn't see the, the videos. If you're in the chat, I think we were in the chat, uh, the Law of One uh, class chat, Peter posted the videos by Dromvalo Melchizedek from 2011. And there's, there's, I think he posted two, but you can watch all three uh, on, on, um, on YouTube. And he talks about that when you get here, that's why you find your twin flame or your, your soulmate. When you get here, because everything is polarized here, male and female opposites. Uh, when you come here, you, your soul splits into two as well. So if you're a, a female in this body you're in, Somewhere the other half of you on this planet is here and is the same age or very close to your age who is a male, who is the who is you, the other you, the other version, the other half of you. Sometimes we meet that person and sometimes we don't. And he explains in that that sometimes it's not good. You meet them and, you know, they're all opposites track. I'm going to meet my soulmate. Uh, sometimes you meet your soulmate and, it's, and that's not a person that you end up with. <laughs> because you guys are working yet that other half of you is working on something and you're working on something that is part of the whole of you that when you leave here, then you merge back. Uh, and that's the divergent, uh, from the movie. Uh, it's also from, uh, star Wars. They showed you that in the last one in, in rise of Skywalker, they, they were the divergent. They were the same soul. They were one soul split into two. And, but they neither were, was light, neither was dark. So neither was good and neither was evil. Even though Ben thought he was evil and was brought up uh, good and then turn, turned evil, she was brought up and was very gray and both confused the hell out of uh, Luke, uh, Luke, drove him crazy because he thought they were both evil because he saw all that energy in them. 
he didn't realize that they were a divergent in the force. No one did until it was too late. The Sith Lord didn't even notice that until it was too late. And they merged as one. And then that one being destroyed the Sith Lord. And that's why she took on the guise of, of Rey, not Ben. And when they asked her what her name was afterwards, she smiled and said, Skywalker. It was because she merged with him and because she was a Palpatine and a Skywalker. Okay. And, uh, and because he was a Palpatine and a Skywalker, right? She was a Palpatine, right? Her parents, one of her parents was a Palpatine was that she was the granddaughter of the Senator Palpatine who was the Sith Lord. And he was the grandson of, of uh, um, Darth Vader. Right. Uh, And the two, but the two of them were one. So they split when they got here. And then one could say that they were in fact, uh, the energies were still there in their parents as well uh, that came down to them. So, so what they thought in the first books, which were the fourth and fifth and sixth movies uh, that Anakin was, uh, that it was in fact what Ben and uh, Ray were. They were the actual uh, uh, one that was going to save the empire and save the, the Jedi's the savior, the saves, they became the savior character. Uh, they became the Jesus character. Um, and, and that's what they built it up as. So what they thought at first, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn thought it was uh, Anakin. It turned out he wasn't. and He became Darth Vader, which wasn't completely fully evil. And that's why he turned to good. And then his son went the opposite way and was polarized the opposite way. And then he grew up and was scared to death and walked away from the whole thing because Ben, his, his uh, um, nephew, because it was his sister, twin sisters, there was the twins again, the two that were split. Right. And it wasn't until Skywalker died and then she died before the two of them got the full energy. There's a big backstory behind that that they didn't show in the movie that uh, the spiritually, because remember what I said, the energy was still going in the parents. So so uh, uh, Ben and her that all of their parents had to die. So you had to have uh, uh, Leia had to die. Luke had to die. Palpatine uh, was the only one that didn't, but his son died. And then Ben's father had to die. So Ben's father and mother had to die. All of that energy had to go into them before they could remerge as one. And then they both had to die uh, to have that happen. First, Ben died and she brought him back. And then she died and Ben brought her back. And in doing so, they merged each time more and more until she became one. They don't talk about that in the movie. But if if you are part of the religion, which I am, uh, and you're part of that whole philosophical ideology. You've done uh, research uh, into that as a religion, which is the same as as Buddhism, Taoism, and, and uh, Christianity. It's just got a different name. Uh, then you realize that all of that had to happen exactly the way it did for them to remerge, and they had to split into two uh, so that they could hide from the evil that was trying to destroy the earth so they could remerge when they were supposed to. The same thing happens to you. You split and then you hide. And sometimes it looks like your parents were mean to you and wouldn't let you and made you close everything off. But you were hiding until you were capable of having this information and then being able to be on your own and defend yourself. There were certain things you needed to learn along your life path that would give you the ability when you wake up to be able to take all of your memories and all of your experiences and defend yourself. Do you understand? So, so don't ever think, 
oh man, you know, the, you, you seem to be awake for far longer than I was or, uh, you know, whatever. None of that, all of that is, I've been on this earth for a very, very, very long time. Jumvalo didn't tell about that, but he talked about how old he has memory, but he didn't talk about how many lives he spent on earth. I was surprised. I was waiting for him to do that. Okay. Um, but back then, people would have probably turned him off had he done it in 2011. I didn't tell people that in 2011. I didn't start telling people that until two years ago because people are now open because they're starting to remember who they are and realize that there's a possibility that their soul is immortal, first of all. And secondly, they could have been on this planet for a great number of years. So if I would have said this to you 10 years ago, you'd go, that guy's crazy. He thinks that he's been uh, alive on this planet over and over in different bodies recycling for hundreds of thousands of years. I have. <laughs> okay. And, but he did say most of the people on this planet have probably done it a thousand times. You heard him say that if you watch those videos. So he's alluding to the fact that, that this planet has been here for a very long time and the people that are on it have been stuck for a very long time. But it's a perception. We actually haven't been stuck that long. It just seems like we have because of the past, present, and future. That gets the weirding way happens then, you know, the like the quantum weirdness happens when I try to explain that if you're not, if you're not prepared for that information. We haven't been stuck as long as it says in our time. It appears that we've been stuck for far longer than we actually have in the time of the universe. Okay. Right. Casey said, exactly. I chose to have them as parents and learn lessons from them on my own. Absolutely. She goes on to say, so I could wake up when I was supposed to. Absolutely. That is the truth. All of us wake up exactly when we scheduled it for ourselves. So never feel bad if you're like, oh, my God, I'm just waking up. I have so much to catch up on. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Some of us were, were waking in, in each lifetime earlier to do this work to help the whole. Okay. And some of us chose that. It's a hard life. You know that now. If you're awake now, you know that it has a big responsibility and it's hard to do. Okay. Yes, you do. Fanny says, I have a very old soul. Yes, you do. If you're here right now in this audience listening to me, okay, and I tell people that if you're listening to me, and you haven't turned me off and you're still here at two hours in, it's because you are a wanderer or a walk-in. Okay. And you don't know which, and you don't remember that, or you're just starting to wake up. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. You would have turned me off. You would have said, this guy's nuts. I'm out of here. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's an idiot. And you would have tuned me out and went to somebody else and, and went, I'm going to go to a psychic and have him do a card read on me. Hey, what do you got in store for me? Hey, am I going to get to with this guy that I like? See my point? That's very low vibration. The fact that you actually tune in and listen to what I have to say is because you're a learned soul. And there's a very good possibility that your soul, well, first of all, all souls are very, very old. But <laughs> if you're listening to me for any length of time, more than 30 seconds, and you're still paying attention and you think, wow, this guy is kind of saying some shit that's kind of cool. Or, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Most of the people who listen to me are going, yep, 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 yep. Checking off all the stuff that they've been thinking. And that's because you know what's going on and you have a soul that is very old and you probably came here when I came here, which there was a whole bunch of us, an entire species we got here at the same time. We're called the Patal. And that, I mean, we're a lot of us, billions of us came here, boom came in all at the same time. And that DNA that shows that in the physical sense is only 10,000 years old. Okay. And we just got here a minute ago. In the reality of the universe, we just got here. <laughs> we 
we just showed up. But when you get here, it separates past, present, and future. So this planet looks to the people in it, on it, living it, that they've been stuck for about 175,000 years. And Drumvalo alluded to that, like when he was talking about the Sphinx, he even said that Shock, who I've talked to, that he's talked to, Robert Shock, says that the only way that that erosion could happen is that this Sphinx had to have been, you know, if, if rain rained on it like a monsoon, 24 hours a day for 7,000 years, which that didn't happen, he talks about that in that video, then you would have that kind of erosion, which means that the erosion that would happen naturally for that, and, and even extrapolating back to when it was a green plush uh, uh, land that wasn't a desert, because that was the way it was at about 100 years, 1,000 years ago, 75,000 years and further back, uh, then it would still take about between 120 and 150,000 years for the Sphinx to have that much water damage and erosion. Okay, so the Sphinx is not 3,000 years old, 5,000 years old, 10,000 years old. It is, in fact, over 125,000 years old in the same exact spot that it's in. Okay, so that means that people were on this planet at the time building these things human beings okay so there's a very good possibility penny that you might have been one of those people or you live somewhere else on the earth or you haven't been here that long when you sign on for a planet that is stuck and you come back as a wanderer you sign on for you you sign up like you sign as lease you say i'm going to go there for fifty thousand years or seventy-five thousand years or 125,000 years. So if you're a wanderer, you've been here for either 50,000, somewhere between there and 125,000 years, okay? Unless you just got here. So if you feel that you have an old soul, I don't know how long your soul's been here. I don't know for 100% certain how long my soul's been here, but I know it's been a long time, man. So much so that everyone that's around me that I know that has been here for a very long time has said, I'm fucking tired, man. <laughs> we got to get this place done so we can go. We need to wake up amount, enough people so that they can then take charge of themselves so we can go. Right. She says, I'm a broken record. I laugh out loud. But same here. I'm speaking. She says, I'm speaking, but I don't know what I'm saying, but I kind of get the feeling or gist of it kind of laugh out loud well because i mean that's the 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 truth is that um you're still in the process of of waking up but it's because you were supposed to wake up now and i'm sure that you're going to come to the conclusion most of you will at some point that we came here together and that i signed on to be one of the people to help you and, and you are also, you guys are helping me in ways that you don't even know that I don't always tell you live. If you have conversations with me, Casey, you have hours and hours <laughs> off live. You know that, right? I've, I've told you a lot of the things that, that, that I get from this, from these conversations that I, you guys unlock in me sometimes things that I was unaware I knew. By asking me a question or saying something, I start going down an avenue and then all of a sudden, uh, I, I wasn't thinking about that before, but now all of a sudden all that information comes to me and I start talking. Earlier you heard me say to to Kathy, thank you for that. And then Peter, when I said, Peter, thank you for that. Because what happened was Peter mentioned something in the chat about Rainbow Bridge and pushed me onto 
talking about the Rainbow Bridge, which got me back talking about the the Aurora Borealis, the, the Oribus again. And that pushed me in another direction that actually unlocked a little bit more information to explain the difference between the, the uh, Northern Lights and a rainbow, although they were the same, but one is an image and the other is the actual event. I didn't think about that before. Honestly, I knew instinctively when I saw the Aurora, that's why I posted the Aurora Borealis with that, with that uh, uh, Tibetan uh, uh, chant, which is a vibration at the God vibration, but mixed with other vibrations. And you can hear the bells chiming at different tones, by the way, it was done on purpose. That unlocks some people. That's why people love it. They don't know why they love it when they play that. And you hear that go, that bong, and that guy's going, oh, and you hear the bong and the different tones. Those are all different frequencies that are designed to uh, to manifest in your brain and your resonate with your immortal soul. I designed that on that way on purpose. Okay. That's why everything that I do when I post those pictures, if you hear the song and listen to the song and see the name of the song or, or know the lyrics of the song, it has to do with what I'm what I'm showing you. It, it resonates on on different levels from the 3D all the way until about the eighth uh, dimension, the eighth octave of the third dimension, going into the fourth dimension. Now, it actually resonates on purpose to pull you up in some way. It looks on a, on a 3D level. Some people might just see it for what it is and hear the song and not even catch any of that. Just go, oh, it's kind of cool, dude. Whatever. I mean, even the one that I just posted the other, yesterday saying, you know, that that uh, uh, that freedom is not an, uh, an experiment on a 3D level. You have all these people that are trying to sell you the fact that freedom is just an experiment, which suggests that it was something they were trying that could be taken away from you. That's why they say that to you. America, the experiment that has failed. Right. Your freedom could be taken from you. Literally the ex head of the CIA said that six months ago on national news. You guys need to realize that your freedom is a gift. It's an experiment that can be taken away from you because they want you to believe that you're, that you're not really free, that you're a slave, and they're allowing you to have this freedom, but at any moment they can take it from you. They can't. And that's that, so on a 3D level, that's defiant to those people. But that's not just there. Listen to the song, watch the video, and think about it not from a political standpoint, from there. It's done on purpose to piss them off. So their 3D little world where I say, and I literally, you know, put my finger at them and say that freedom is not an experiment, Jack. So on a 3D level that is in their religion, I'm flipping them off. But that, and the, listen to the song, it's, it's Pharrell's uh, uh, freedom, right? Freedom! Listen to his words, listen to the song, the harmonics that he put into that. And the vibration that he made that song and, and the reason that he did that and, and, and see that and then read the two different versions of what that is and, and see the defiance, but also see how it pulls you, how it's pulling you. And if it pulls you to a different level spiritually or mentally, however you want to see it, it pulls you away from that 3D religion of just being defiant to those people who tell you that this whole thing is an experiment because they want you to believe they're in charge and they can take it from you whenever they want cast system. Uh, but when, you, but if you see it on a, on a higher plane than just that and feel it in the music and the words of what that is and why I'm saying that, then you're starting to get it. Right. Um, and sometimes you will, and sometimes you won't, but, but they're all saying the same thing. <laughs> Even Santa Claus was saying the same thing on a different uh, spiritual plane. So all of them do that. I did that with the, 
the, you know, the one where I'm showing you uh, the uh, Machu Picchu and uh, showing you that, you know, Teotihuacan and showing you the computer program as well. Listen to the, to the sounds that I'm giving you. It's a different harmonic resonance, right? It vibrates at a different resonance. All of the, everything that I post is done on purpose not just on the 3D level, but some people can just look at the image and not listen to the music and go, yeah, I get that, bro. You're totally a little thumb on your finger at these ethical ball, whatever. And then some people go, oh, there he goes, talking in politics again. Those people aren't going to get the other part of it. They're not, it's not, they're not ready for it. And then eventually somewhere down the line, maybe that'll happen. My buddy who's literally been here as long as I have, he's a 37-year-long friend of mine, we had a conversation that lasted three hours. Casey, you understand what that means. We had a conversation that lasted three hours two days ago. And he said, well, bro, you get like five people. Why are you even wasting your time? I feel it's a waste of time. I'm like, you, you'll get there eventually. You'll get past that. I'm like, you know, literally, I've said this before. If one person is affected by, by what I'm saying, then I've done my job. Raw said that. If one person is affected by an entire hive mind species doing 106 sessions. If one person is affected spiritually, then they've done their job. It's only when you have that mindset that goes back to the pushing the rock uphill, right? And what I said there, uh, pushing the rock uphill, it's only at the top of the hill. Can you understand the journey or do you truly understand the journey? While you're pushing that rock, you just keep thinking, fuck, this is never going to end. You can't see the end because the rock's in the way. You're pushing it uphill. That's what we're all doing spiritually. And once you get to the top, you then can stop and turn around and look back down and remember what you went through to get there. And you go, wow, this was all worth it. Okay. And that's why I say that in there. And I tell them, you don't, you, you can't, you can't realize the potential of, of the, you know, and then he goes, you're the one, you're being the drop. I said, be the spoon. And he said, I get it. He said, you're, you're, you're the drop and you know it. And you hit the ocean and the ocean is one drop fuller now, but that drop ripples out all the way in every direction and it affects everything that it comes in contact with. But it's not you, it's the message that you, that you put there. So that's what Jesus was doing. That's what Muhammad was doing. Same thing. They just got popular for doing it after they died. <laughs> I may never get popular for doing it after I die, <clears throat> but myself and billions of others on this planet are doing the same thing. We don't expect to get acolytes in this lifetime for doing it. We don't even expect anyone to remember us on the other side. If it happens, that's our reward. So why do I do this? Because I can, because it's the right thing to do. And when you get to the knowledge of being the adult, you have to help the children. You have a responsibility to, to turn around and help. Even if it's, and this is the thing, he's like, but it's never going to change. I'm like, it's not supposed to. <laughs> it's not supposed to change. It's part of the realization. <laughs> There's never going to be a time when good is going to defeat evil. There's never going to be a time when evil is going to defeat good. Things swing on the pendulum because they're supposed to. We as a species are swinging from being controlled 100% and being as far away from the light and, and, the, and the, the one that we could, or God, whatever you want to call it, that we could possibly be. That was thousands of years ago. And now we're swinging back the other way and it's a, and it's a juggernaut that cannot be stopped. All of this that's happening in the world right now 
has to happen because the new renaissance that is going to break out from all of this control, all of this evil, all of this trying to lock down the world and make you this world a communist country in charge by the rich and the elites. All of this is going to force everyone to change. And it's going to unlock a brand new renaissance that's going to last for generations on this planet. That's what Dramvala was referring to in back in 2011. But he couldn't really say it. He said, he said we're going to go through this change, this great change. And he, but he wasn't giving you a timeline because if he would have said it's going to, you know, he was saying it's going to start in 2012. And, and it did start in 2012. And so he was saying that, but he, he's not going to give you a deadline because he knows he can't. I can say to you, I think it's going to happen by 2032. 2032 gets here and you go, didn't happen, Leo. You're an idiot. The future is not written. It's a slow burn. Everything's only going to happen when everyone, it's only common sense when everyone has it. So it's only common when everyone has it. So when people say, he doesn't have any common sense, it's only common when everyone has it. Everyone doesn't have common sense. So it's not really common, is it? <laughs> right? I know. Casey says, yeah, I know. I'm really looking forward to, I'm still looking forward to our next conversation to continue from last one. We just haven't set a time to do it. We'll have to do that. Seriously. Right? But you know as well as I do, it's not going to be a five-minute conversation. So just know that if, it, if we start talking, who knows how long we're going to talk. We may have talked for five minutes. We may talk for three hours, right? We've done that before. Everyone who talks to me knows that. And if they don't, I tell them, just know that if you have a conversation with me and we turn it into a conversation, that conversation can last hours. So don't start with me unless you're, or tell me I can only talk to you for this amount of time because otherwise I'm going to pull out in you a longer conversation and we're going to raise our vibration drastically and we may not stay there forever but we're going to do it and you're going to pull out within me a lot of stuff ask peter he knows we used to have conversations that were hours and hours and hours long we used to get on on in a chat room and, and have our cameras on and talk almost nightly and we did that for years and ask him he'll tell you we would talk until the wee hours of the morning because it was the wee hours for him because he was in the uk it would be my wee hours, 2 and 3 a.m. here, and sun would be coming up for Peter. And, and we still do that. At night, sometimes I'll tell him I got to go to bed because he's waking up, and he's like, how are you doing? And I'm, it's night. I'm getting in bed, and I'm talking to him, and we got a chat going on the, uh, on Messenger. Uh, and then I'll be like, I'm going to bed, bro. And he sometimes he like, hasn't slept yet either. He's like, I need to get some sleep. I'm like, me too, right? But because of the time difference between us, right? But we still we do that. We used to do it almost every night. It's just been a while since it's been a year, I guess now on huh, Peter, a year or two since we sat down and really did that with cameras on. We used to do it with the co one of the coalitions and there was four or five or six of us. And we would get on there and we would give a report and talk about current events. It was just before COVID hit, uh, prior to COVID hitting and moving up, knowing that COVID was going to hit, at least Peter and I knew it anyway. And I believe the Oracle knew, I think she knew, Ray knew. Um, and, but we were getting ready because we were talking about what we were warned about by the people in our know from the different places around the world. I can't get into too many details, right? Two and three days, right? <laughs> yeah, two years and three days. Hey, he's got that. He knows exactly how long it's been since the last time we got on camera. That's scaring me, bro. Two years and three days <laughs> since the last time that we got together, he and I with those same people in a chat room with the, with the cameras on in a group chat. Um, but we still talk other than that. Right. And Peter has people he talks to and I have people that I talk to. 
that then we get together and we talk and, and uh, sometimes we do it in the chats that you guys are a part of. That's why every now and then you'll see Peter and I break into a conversation that you guys, some of the people have gone, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I've had people say that. And I'll come message me personally and go, you and Peter just were talking about something. I don't know what you're talking about. Could you explain it? And I'm like, all right, I'll try. Because Peter and I will start talking and code back and forth to each other in the in the chats. I'm sure some of you have seen that. Sometimes we're talking about the something that we, you guys will understand. And other times he'll say something and I'll say something. And, and uh, sometimes we'll talk Gaelic talk Irish to him. I don't do that very often, but I only do that when we, when I need him to understand what I'm saying and I don't want anybody else to know what I'm saying. And he does it too. So if you guys hear him speaking in Gaelic, he's talking to me or one of the other people who speak Gaelic uh, and speak Irish in the, in the chat. Okay. Um, but when my Irish is getting better because I'm using it more now. When I was a kid, I was far more fluent than I am now. You forget things when you don't use them. It's just like riding a bike. So yeah, see, he says Ireland. I don't like saying that I'm from the UK. I know, right? Yeah, because it's UK time, but he's from Ireland. He's not you. He's not from the UK, because uh, he actually is not. He's not. He's Irish, right? He's not from the UK. He's from Ireland. So I'm coming home from the Rainbow Road, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> right, and that's no joke. So let me let me uh, shift back out there again. So. You guys have to realize out there in the world that are listening to this, and now that I've been kind of going off a little bit off topic by having the conversation with the people in the chat here, those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast, you can't, you don't get to be part of this chat, and I, I'm still trying to figure out a way I can do that. I may have to change platforms uh, because I, I can do that if I go and use um, Spreaker again and their and their platform that's uh, that's owned by that company. Um, I, I'm trying to see if I can cross over and broadcast from here to them. Otherwise, I have to jump off of uh, StreamYard and start broadcasting there, which I might just do anyways. I was paying them before, so it, it'll still be broadcast the same way, only there'll be no visual. It'll all be, uh, and I'm already kind of transitioning to that. That's why I haven't stopped doing that, where I just have the banner up that shows the law of one. Um, I always said I'm probably going to transition to what we would, this is what we loosely call radio now, because that's what that is, basically. Um, the podcast, you're basically the new version of radio from the from the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s um, the, that I've been was going to trans, transfer uh, and transition to that. That's why I don't turn the camera on uh, anymore when I can. I just leave the, the thing up and just do this uh, without the visuals anymore. Uh, so I might just change platforms, even though I pay these guys hundreds of dollars a year for for this. Uh, and then start doing it over there. It's the only reason why I haven't done it yet, because I pay these guys for six months at a time. And I just paid them. So we have six months to go before I change platforms, because I've already paid for it. <laughs> so if I can use this platform and broadcast there, I will. And I'm trying to get them convinced to allow me to do that. And then I'll go back to that. And then that one can go live, and I can have the chat come into this one. But they haven't hooked it up yet. They do it with video games and Facebook and you know and Twitter and uh, and uh, uh, YouTube, uh, but they haven't got it hooked up for the other because that's their competition. So they haven't crossed over yet to do that. Like you can't do this on Zoom. I can't do this live, and then start a Zoom platform and have these two link up. I can't do that because they're competitors. So they don't they don't want to allow that to happen yet, right? Yeah, your birth certificate was written in England, right? Yeah. So my birth certificate, I have a hard time finding it. I, um, I don't exist. I, mean, I, I used to have a copy of it. I'm going to try and go through the hospital that I was born in 
uh, I'm still right now a patient at that hospital. I'm back with, with the, that hospital. Um, so I'm going to see if they still have the records and I can get a copy from them. I went to the county of where I was born and I don't exist there. You can't find me. You can't find this name anyway because this name's an alias. But you can't find my legal name either. <laughs> the one I was born with. Uh, which is weird. I tried to find it. and I haven't gone physically to look for it, uh, but I know that I was born in this hospital, so they should still have records. So I'm going to see if they do, and if they don't, I'm going to have to physically go to the county that I was born in to their to their records and go in and actually find it physically. Um, but uh, nobody's been able to find it so far, even though it's my real name and it's in a, and that was the name I was born with, um, and I had a birth certificate before twice. In my life, I've gotten a copy of it. Um, they can't find it. You can find my father, um, but not me, which is weird, right? So some somewhere along the line, somebody tried to hide this name. So I may not exist in this reality, <laughs> which wouldn't change anything because I've already shifted. The reality that I was born in as Leonard uh, is not, uh, this is the fifth that I'm aware of the fifth other reality that I've been in five where I've been me in a reality that was almost identical, but it was different in the, in my lifetime. This is the fifth one that I'm aware of that I jumped to. And, and, and it could be more because there's a few that I think where I jumped, where I'm like, Oh, I think I jumped there too. So I may actually have been my this this person that you know some of you know me right now and you know that that just in the last year i've i've come in from a different reality to this body um even even guys that listen to my show realize that my, my opening monologue has changed uh my cadence has changed and they were like that sounds different i've had people say to me that when they tech talk to me in messenger you're not you're not the person that i know uh and i'm like i'm i'm in this body now this is me I still have all the memories, but yeah, you're right. I am that person, but the person that you knew that was in this body is now in a different reality, and I'm in this reality. We're still the same person. We still share the same uh, uh, being. We're just split into these different realities, and that's why when Penny, when you said, I, you know, I believe that I was split when I got here, you are, but it, you're physically split into two when you get here, and there's two of you in this reality, but you reside in many realities as you. And as many other different people. And the higher up you go, the more you are of everyone else. So the closer you get to being back towards the one, the more and more that you are me, Peter, Casey, Denise, everyone else you know. We're all the same. We're all the same person. We're all having conversations with each other, pretending that we are, in fact, completely different separate entities. And we are, in fact, the same person. It just depends on how far you go away from where we are right now. Okay. So, so that's kind of crazy to think about. That blows your mind in and of itself. However, <coughs> right? Peter says we are all part of the Knights of the Royal. In, in truth, yes, we, yes, Peter, on a, on a higher plane. Um, that's the Patal that he's referring to there. Uh, the Knights of the Royal are, um, that would be what we could manifest that name of, of those people on this earth that a lot of people would, would resonate with, um, but it's the Patal. Um, we are uh, we are from a 11th density. That's one place away from going back to the one 11th density in the entire species. And we call ourselves the Patal. That's what we can say in this language in the earth common English that I'm speaking. 
I hate to say English because it makes me sound like I'm from England. That's like Peter. I'm not from the UK. Um, but this, what we call common, what most people and even English people would call this language is common. Um, because more, you know, but they can't say more people speak this language than any other because, in fact, more people speak Chinese than any other language on the face of the earth. Uh, but this common language that I'm speaking now, the Patal, um, that is the Knights of the Royal. And that is a race of people who have dedicated their souls uh, to do what we're doing. And we searched the entire uh, universes, multi-universes, uh, many universes to find a fight this hard and found this place with the 23 solar systems that have been taken over by the Orion uh, Crusaders. We chased them from the, of those universes that we loosely call the Orion Nebula. We chased them, following them to fight them and came here. And Earth was the first place they got boots on the ground and wanted to be the last place they left. And um, we are in 23 solar systems in this area of the universe. And we have freed all but three as of 2015. I'm not sure about now because I haven't checked. I hear tell there's one more that's free. And, and this planet is actually free, but it doesn't know it's free. And that's what's happened with the others. All are actually free. They just don't know it yet as a, as a hive mind complex. So Earth hasn't woken up to that realization yet, even though they don't have boots on the ground anymore. Uh, they only did for a moment, and then we got here. And that's what he's referring to. Uh, so if you don't, if I say the Patal and that doesn't resonate with you, chances are when you see the Knights of the Royal, that will resonate with you in a way that is uh, that is more rolls off your tongue more. Um, Peter took the words right out of my mouth, right? Um, Peter said, what did he say here? Uh, modern is the oldest, the yeah, modern, right? Is that what you're saying? Modern is the oldest language in the, in the world, right? And so she said, I was literally thinking that. So so the it, 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 people, uh, kids sometimes try to come up with uh, the knights and call themselves knights, and they come up with a lot. That's why Peter said that a lot of times come up with Knights of the Royal, because that's really the title um, that the Patal means. Patal means Knights of the Royal, and that means the royal DNA, right? Um, the oh, the Mandarin, like, uh, yeah, you're right, Mandarin. I see what you're saying. I apologize, Peter. I didn't have my glasses on. Mandarin. That's the, yes, and that's the, the Chinese language that is, in fact, the oldest. Uh, that's probably common, really. More people, people speak that. I'm learning Mandarin. More people speak that than any other. And that's the most ancient. I agree. Um, the Indians don't like that because they want to say that their language is more ancient, but it's not. You're right. Mandarin is older on this earth than any other language. And I know that people who speak English like we, they get offended and they don't want to believe that because the Chinese communist government wants everybody to say, of course, yes, it's us. We're older than all of you and, and you have us to thank. And But yet they're hiding all their pyramids, right? buried them, as a matter of fact, and planted trees and shit on top of them and built things so that they wouldn't be seen from the space. I've seen the pictures. I have a picture of it that I posted uh, on that uh, TikTok and uh, on all my reels where you see the Orion, and I talk about the Orion and why the pyramids. There's a picture of the Chinese um, three pyramids before they buried them that is a satellite photo from the CIA. <laughs> that you can, It's hard to find in circulation these days unless you see it just in the images that I have shown you there where it shows the Giza Plateau from the air. It shows uh, it shows you the, the Tewotihuacan 
from the air, which is the same uh, uh, one that is shown as the computer, uh, the computer motherboard. Uh, it's that exact exact complex. Only this time you're looking at it north to south instead of uh, east to west in alignment, and and all of those are all over the world. And I show you four of them, or three plus Orion itself being above the Giza plateau in the sky. There's a reason for that, right? So Mandarin, yes. Mandarin, which I am learning, uh, is, I'm not as fluent in, in that as I am, like all the Western European languages, uh, but I'm learning that as well. Uh, that, that would be, I would say, would probably would be what should be called common on this earth, because it is the oldest language and there's more people that speak it on the planet than there are that speak any other language. Yeah. The secrets of the realm, first, the, the first spoken language, the seekers... Uh, the 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 uh, Mandarin, yeah, right. So now he's referring to uh, he's referring to the ancients, and this is going back uh, 125,000 years, I believe. Peter, correct me if I'm wrong. He's talking about the seekers. This is before the watchers. He's talking about the seekers, guys. This is a uh, language that was spoken before the. This is pre-dynastic uh, Egypt, pre-pre-dynastics before that. So we're, we're 125,000 to 175,000 years ago, minimum. Yeah, Peter said yes. That is what he's referring to. So it's before the watchers. It's before the ancients. It's the seekers. And the seekers are, and that's where you get the word the seeks from in the, in the, uh, in the, in the Middle East. Um, that's where they took their name from, but they are not descendants of the seekers. But they took their name, the seeks, from the seekers and the legends of that. If you read the Necronomicon, uh, it's referenced in there, but you don't hear it being so told as the seekers. Um, but they talk about the ancients uh, and the 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 the, um, the uh, now I'm being I'm being stopped. Why am I being stopped? This information they can know. Uh, it, the city that is in the Middle East that in the Necronomicon is spoken of that is in the ruins of a city that is below a city. That is in the ruins it is built over the ruins of a city that is built over the ruins of a city so we're talking about four cities ago hundreds of thousands of years i had to get around that there was a blockade just then that they were telling me i couldn't tell you the information that i was about to tell you so there's a city in the necronomicon that was talked about uh that nebuchadnezzar found that is four cities deep and it's a ruins of a city, and then below that is a ruins of a city, below that is a ruins of a city, and below that is a ruins of a city. That ancient, 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 ancient city is one of the cities that the seekers uh, left behind, and uh, there's devices in that still work. Okay. And uh, it was told about, and everybody said that that Leary was crazy when he wrote the Necronomicon and, and that all of that was just a line. It's not. Uh, they talk about the destruction of the power grid that used to be here on the earth that the pyramids ran uh, when they were trying to bring someone in from a different uh, reality into this reality. And in doing so, they blew up the play. If you've never read the Necronomicon, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. <clears throat> and they blew up one of the uh, obelisks the big obelisks that were stolen by the cabal these days and moved out of Egypt and they're all over the world in different places in Europe. The England has one, America has one, 
uh, Germany has one, uh, the Indians have one, the Australians have one, and they were all moved from the actual places. China has one. They were all moved from the actual places around the world where they were to a different place on the grids now uh, because uh, the, they had to change the energy because all the pyramids uh, and the connection that they had of this. That Peter, I, I love you, brother, because you took me down this road that I know this and I've never talked about this, I don't think, on air. Uh, so thank you for, for doing that. Those of you who are getting a bonus right now that are still here. You're getting a bonus that you I have never talked about on air, only with Peter. And he's giving you more information. New Bridge in Ireland. It's 5,000 years before the pyramids were built by the seekers. And I'll go there in a minute. That's what he's talking about. And this is what I'm talking about. Okay. And, it, and that's why when they say the pyramids are older than they uh, know, and that's why the, the people now are trying to hide them. And they were all buried because the, they were they, they needed the uh, energy grid to be shut down because of the corruption of what happened. And the seekers were the people who set that up. And that's like if you watch Stargate, the movie, or Stargate SG-1, the, the, the ancients uh, who built the Stargate system who have been so long gone that nobody knows who these people are to this day. That's who they're referring to. Uh, in that television program and those movies in the books of, of Stargate, referring to the Seekers, which is what Peter is referring to. And this goes back hundreds of thousands of years. And we still have uh, little glimpses of uh, that information and uh, the story that was handed down through generations that ended up in the Necronomicon is of a time when they destroyed the grid trying to bring about some great evil. Uh, they were corrupted. And in doing so, they destroyed the energy grid and it turned off most of the pyramids. And then they were hidden because they didn't want anybody, the people who survived it didn't want anybody to reactivate them because that was when uh, the people that were evil took control of the planet. And they were trying to use the grid for their own. I was writing about that in my book, uh, Ancient Aliens, and the beginning story of the next book, which was in Egypt and uh, had to do with the obelisks around the world and the energy and i was starting to go down that road to introduce people to what peter's talking about so it's something that you guys might want to look into but it'll be hard to find on this planet most of that information was taken from this planet and eradicated and it's only glimpses in small places that you can find and you can unlock it but you have to be that's it magic with a k you have to be um uh, hold on, I'll get the actual book and I'll and I'll uh, tell you. Give me one second, I'll be right back, okay? Um, the book is only in the living room. It's sitting where I sit <laughs> and read. So hold on, I'll tell you how to spell it, who wrote it, the whole nines, okay? Hold on, I'll even hold it up on camera for you. Hold on, Casey, I'll be right back. So there'll be dead air for right now for a few seconds. I'll be right back. Okay, I am back. Now, I was going to do a, an entire show dedicated to this book with uh, Rodney McCallery, who is, in fact, a uh, knight, a Templar knight, and a Freemason. Um, he and I, we were going to do a, show, a podcast that we were going to call A Tale of Two Knights, because I'm a knight. I'm knighted uh, by uh, and part of the Order of, uh, of the uh, Columbian Order, and he's of the... Um, the uh, Temple Knights, and he's also a, a Freemason, a 32-degree Freemason. 
he and I were going to, uh, we bought this version of the book. There's many versions out there. Um, this one, it doesn't even say who wrote it. It's, and they turn on my camera. Let me turn off this banner here and um, put myself back on the screen here. Let me turn that off, turn this on. Okay, so this is the Necronomicon copy that I have. Okay, I'm holding it up and I'll spell it for those of you who are listening on the MP3 broadcast. A lot of people are afraid of this book because they think it's evil. That sigil that's on there on the cover um, is not an evil sigil in any way. You could take a picture of that and look that sigil up and you'll see what I'm talking about. That's actually a spell. Uh, and I, and I, I, if you know what it means, then you know what it means. If you don't, look it up, uh, and I, I can't tell you. Um, so uh, it literally, it's spelled N as in Nancy, E as in Edward, C, R, O, N as in Nancy, O, M as in Mary, I, C, O, N as in Nancy, Necronomicon. And um, I don't know who, it doesn't have the name of the author here. Hold on, let me look on the inside. Uh, of, of this and see who it is that published this. It's been was published by Avon Books, um, but I don't have a name of a person who published this. Let me see here if it shows here. Avon Books, uh, Harper Collins publisher, uh, originally uh, 1977 copyrights. Um, but I don't know who the author is of this. Um, but there's a, there's one, this might be that it says on the back, HB Lovecraft himself denied the book's existence. Okay. Um, but the dreaded Necronomicon has finally surfaced written in Damascus in the eighth century AD by the mad Arab in quotes, mad Arab, crazy Arab, um, Abdul Al Hazard. Okay, so it's A B D U L, second word A L H A Z R E D. So Al Hazard. Uh, and it says the accursed volume is, is filled with myths and rituals that have survived the darkest days of magic and occultism, long forgotten uh, formula or formulae. For, for evoking incredible things, necromancy. A lot of people who are, who are into uh, necromancy or trying to become a necromancer try to unlock the things that are in here because he talks about how to control uh, energies and spirits uh, and, and get a, a demon under your control. Um, so light and darkness in this book, it scares people uh, who see only the darkness uh, that's in it. And those people, who, it, it says in here in the beginning, let me finish reading what it says on the back and then I'll tell you what it says in the beginning, right? So the darkest days of magic and occultism, long forgotten formulae for invoking uh, incredible things, beings and monsters into physical appearance. Editor Simon, it says editor Simon overcame huge obstacles during his daring efforts to bring to light this, the most famous, most potent and potentially the most dangerous black book known in the history of the world. Uh, it literally says in the beginning of the book that this book is esoteric. And the, uh, those people who have the eyes to see and the mind to understand, uh, it was written, this was the, an Aleister Crawley uh, version. Uh, so that's why it was in 77. It says dedicated on the 100th anniversary of the 
of the nativity of the poet Aleister Crawley, 1875 to 1975. And then it says, uh, oh, I'm not going to read, there's, there's uh, Latin in here that you guys should read for yourself. I'm not going to read that. You'll have to uh, read that <laughs> translate it. I'm not going to say that out loud to you when you want to. But uh, it's said that it's esoteric and that uh, you will only understand it if you have the ability. Uh, and whether you are um, uh, in service to self or service to others, you will uh, learn something different from it. Uh, because your uh, intention with the knowledge that you gain from this is completely different. So some people get afraid that I have this book. My ex-wife made me get rid of the copy that I had uh, 20 years ago because uh, it was evil in her mind. And she didn't like the energy coming off of it because all she could sense was the darkness. It's the same thing when, when, um, uh, when uh, what's his name, uh, um, Luke Skywalker looked at Ray and looked at Ben. Uh, it, that he saw only the darkness and it scared him because he didn't understand the balance between light and darkness and not the balance between being in service to others and being in service to self. There is no natural balance between those two. There's a balance between them, but it is not, you, you can't be both. Okay. You cannot polarize yourself as to both. You have to be one or the other and you can be in the middle and lost, but that's not balancing the energies but there is a balance between light and darkness and the energy of the universe the universe is just okay the universe just is it is it is only your intention that changes it to either good or bad and all the energies in this book is the same way if you will only if you're afraid you'll only see the darkness because it's going to try and occupy your mind so that you don't see the opposite to benefit from that so be careful when you're reading it. But if you are reading it and all you see is darkness and evil at every turn and you don't see anything else than that, you're being manipulated by the energy of the book itself. Uh, and your ego is trying to keep you from understanding uh, and disseminating what's actually in the, in the Necronomicon. And I only and I, and I tell people, if you're just brand new to this, don't read this book. It'll, it'll scare you. It'll fuck you up. And if you're prone to uh, be into darkness, it'll take you down a road to where you're going to try and do some of the shit that's in here. And that's just going to get other dark forces trying to recruit you. Okay. Or take advantage of you and hurt you and make you their bitch. Not kidding. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are you saying? Was, is that um, Belzebel? Are you saying uh, you're trying to say uh, Beelzebub? Right. Or, or one of the other guises. Right. Beelzebub and Lilith. Uh, are, are, t are too real, right? See, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so you have you read this? I think she might have gotten into this. So, yes. So the the information that you glean from this, it's gonna, it's the same thing. I tell people, I warn people, it's the same. Do you remember watching? If you watch Star Wars, when Luke was on the on the moon with uh, with Yoda, and he says that place is cold, and he said, strong with the dark side, that place is, and you must go. And he said, what's down there? And he said, your weapons, your lightsaber, you won't need them. And he said, what's down there? And he said, only what you take with you. This is one of those. Okay. This, you will only see what you bring to this. Okay. You will only be able to see what you are capable of seeing in, in, by reading the Necronomicon. You will only get out of it what you're capable of getting out of it. But you will only see light or darkness if you're afraid you will see the fear and the fear will consume you and you will only see darkness in this book and you won't see, you won't think there's anything in here that is any redeeming value and you'll think I'm crazy. 
uh, if if you have the ability to go past the fear of the seeing only the darkness, you'll start to see the light that's in here. It is again only what you bring with you uh, when you read it. It's esoteric. I'm rereading it now for the fourth time. Um, I've only gotten this far into it. You can see where I am. Uh, and I was going to do an entire show and talk about the rituals that are in here and the songs. Uh, here's a page I just flipped open with sigils uh, in there. Uh, and those all mean different things. Uh, and they're all about different things. And they all do stuff. Uh, they, these are different names. And this is, I think, what Penny was referring to. And this is the 20th name is is uh is serum or surham s-u-h-r-m and that is the symbol uh everybody has a symbol everybody has a, a a name and a representation in 3d i do you do you just don't know what it is archangels have them uh their symbols sigils uh like this one that you see on the front this one being very dynamic is not a person it's actually the symbol of of the light and darkness of this book as a matter of fact i give you a little hint <laughs> right. So, Casey, you've drawn stuff like that. I'm sure you have. Uh, if, if you've gone anywhere down any road uh, as a pagan or a Wiccan or a Druid in any way, you've you've your teacher has taught you some of this already. Uh, you probably know a little bit of pish posh, pish tosh, um, one being magic with a G and one being magic with a K. Um, you probably know a little bit of the squiggly lines and uh, maybe even the ogham, uh, which but that's a, an Irish version. Uh, Gaelic and, and uh, Welsh version of, of the writing. But yeah, I, I used to be fluent. I haven't done it in a long time, but at all the alchemy stuff, uh, and he's an alchemist and I'm an alchemist, uh, talking, going back to McAlvary again, we were going to unlock a lot of the alchemy in here uh, with uh, with uh, the knowledge that we have. I don't talk about alchemy very often. Uh, when I talked to him, he was like, holy crap, you know, like way more. We were, I was live one day and I gave him the, the, uh, the, the, uh, how to make Ormus. I gave him the, the, the recipe live on air, how to make Ormus and the process. He was like, dude, I didn't realize you were that much of an alchemist. Let's talk. And we talked afterwards. And that's when we were going to do a whole show and get into the alchemy of this because he is an alchemist. And uh, I'm also, and I went to school, I went to school to learn alchemy, to learn chemistry. I literally got paid and was certified to, to learn how to, to do all of that. I wrote about it in my first book, which was prepping slash survival for beginners. And I talk about, I didn't give you any of the secrets, but I know how to make everything, gunpowder, alcohol, gasoline, everything, you name it, I can make, right? And that's because I'm an alchemist. Uh, that's part of the Druid way. I was taught that by my father. You don't get the title Merlin unless you're an alchemist, right? And I don't, I don't tell people too often about the title Merlin. I've been more open uh, in the last year than I ever have in my entire life when it's come to uh, having that title. And you don't get that title if you don't know how to write spells, cast spells, write poetry, be a bard. You have to have all the training and all of that. Singing, dancing, the methodical. That's why I integrate all of that into my reels. And that's why if you know anything about, and you can ask Peter GV from South Africa and he'll tell you, uh, if you know anything about bards and how they work with this, with the sound, as well as imagery, all my reels are bard songs, man. I'm telling you information that is, I'm playing with your vibration on a physical plane, on a mental plane, on a spiritual plane, and on a harmonic plane. In everything I do, they look just uh, normal, and they look like if if you're a low vibration, you'll just see them for what they are. It's not a, it's not a gimmick, Jack. It's not an experiment, Jack, and that's all you'll get it as. 
because that's where you are. But if you're in a very high state of, of, of vibration, you'll catch the other parts of all of the stuff that I say. And I do that on purpose because eventually as you go back, they're out there in the ether for people to see as you change in your personality, just like you make the realization. We talked about Casey many times where all of a sudden we talk about a song and go, dude, I got to go back and listen to every one of those songs again, because now I'm getting what that, uh, that person was saying in that song more than I was ever before. You, it's the same thing with books. It's the same thing with movies. It's the same thing with, I do that on purpose with my shows. I go back sometimes and listen to myself and go, what? Holy crap. When did I channel that? And I, and I see that I, I checked out and I was channeling that. And I don't remember saying it. So sometimes I watch my show because I don't usually watch myself. But sometimes people will be like, oh, that was a great show you did the other day where you talked about blah, blah, blah. And I go, did I say that? And I'm like, well, I must have. They said I did. And I go back and listen to myself and go, whoa, I checked out right there. And I know the second I did it, because then my memory stops and I'm like, and I'm on talking. So now I've tried to become more aware of that. So I don't actually channel and, go, and disappear and forget that I said it. So now I've, I've, I'm in there. That's why when sometimes people do something and I go, crap, my brain was way out here. <laughs> and now I got to pull it back down to here to answer what you're saying and then move myself back up in vibration because I'm out here. My brain is, I am, my spirit is way outside and, Peter was talking about that in the chat, how the eye color changes. And I was giving you some other tips about how um, the blinking changes uh, in the, in the chat. So if you're in the law of one chat and you, you're a little bit more in tune with, with that. And that's one of the reasons why I try to take my glasses off because when I have these on, it's hard for you to see my eyes because you see the reflection from the computer. And I try to take the, my glasses off. That's why if you look, when people are speaking, they, they always take their glasses off when you're in front of a crowd because they I want you, they want you to be able to see authentic and, and because subconsciously, super consciously, you know whether I'm full of shit or not. You know whether everyone's full of shit when they talk. And there are certain tells, but if we tell you what those tells are, some people will try to do them. One that they can't do is our eye color changes. <laughs> they can't change that. And some people go, I thought that was just my monitor. One of you guys said that in the chat. I thought it was just my monitor. And Peter was like, no, when he gets talking, his eye color changes because what happens is when our vibration changes, it manifests. And you see that. That's why in movies, they always show like the glowing eyes and uh, bad people always have dark. Uh, Tom McDonald does this with black uh, he puts in black con, uh, contacts, and when he did the when he did the, the the video where he was playing the system, and he was the system, they were red. Uh, whenever he is ego or evil, he wears black contacts. Whenever he is uh, being himself, he just has his eyes on the camera, and he switches that. So whenever that's one of the tells, if you know paying attention, as soon as Tom McDonald is singing or saying rapping, and his eye color changes, he is he is a different persona. He's either ego or he's the angel on the other shoulder. And so he's either being uh, Tom or he's being evil. Okay. And so whenever he has black over his eyes, he's being ego or evil. And that's why we always depict that in all the movies is a black eye. When they have black, it's because that's the evil. And that's why uh, directors do that. And then when they have the white glowing uh, or white over eyes, it's usually the opposite, right? And then that's the, so why in, in when they did with a, a Stargate, uh, the movie and Stargate SG-1, the television show, they still had their pupils and their whites, but then the, they would light up and they had a sound effect that went with it. And that was when it pissed off the alien that was inside and the alien would show itself. 
humans do that too. You just aren't aware of it because it's an, on a different level. Once you become aware of it, you see it when humans do that. And that's where Peter was trying to show Peter GV from South Africa was trying to show you guys who watch the show and saying, I love it when his eyes change color. Cause that's when he is. And he went into to explaining that. And he says, I, I, I hope, you know, Leo pops in and I did. And then I said, and then there's a difference in the blinking that they can't change. You can't fake it. Okay. And I didn't know I was doing it until I saw myself doing, it. I saw other people do it. And I was like, wow, I've noticed these people who are speaking when they, when they start channeling, their left eye, this one that I'm pointing at, so it's right on your screen, but your, my left eye, will blink on its own. You can't fake that. You can't fake that. You can't make that happen like I'm doing now. You can't. It's obvious that you're winking or you're trying to blink. I'll be talking and I'll blink normally, but this one blinks out of sync with that one, not every time. But it happens when I'm speaking and I and that's when it's a, it's a tell to people. So when you're watching somebody, if they're on camera and they're looking right at the camera, that's one of the ways you can tell they're legit because you can't fake that. You can't make this up. You can't do that on your own because of the way it blinks. It, it doesn't do it. It's involuntarily. I don't even, I'm not even aware of it until I've seen that it happens. So I don't even know that it's happening to me. And the person who's talking doesn't realize their left eye is blinking on its own because you're checked out. You're, you're, you're in the, in the ether and you're speaking and it's coming from the heart and it's coming from the other side. So you're unaware that you'll blink and then all of a sudden this one does that once or twice and then you blink and then so it's like it's telling it's almost like it's doing morse code in fact the first time i noticed it i thought the person was was a computer and there was morse code happening or the person was trying to give me a code with that one eye that's blinking and i was and i'm really good at code breaking and i'm like it's not a code but it is a code my, everything i knew said that it was a code and then i was like oh my god and then I went back to sort of watching everybody that I would follow and all of these people that I know are legitimately awake. And I realized they all have one thing in common, too. There's more. But Peter talked about the eye color change. And uh, then I mentioned the, the left eye. And that's where you get the term uh, of, of, okay, Odin. Which eye was Odin missing? Which one was it that he saw the future in? Figure that one out, okay? That's important. Uh, then you get like uh, uh, one of the rappers, left eye blind, right? Left eye, because she actually had her left eye was blind. So they called her left eye. But there's another spiritual meaning to that. OK, so th that is also been trying to it's esoteric. People are trying to tell you in history that Cyclops is uh, usually someone who can see the future. And uh, that's because they're seeing through the third eye. Right. Which is here. And Rambala talked about that. How when it first wakes up, it's looking up and you have to tell it to look down. And how you tell where the third eye is, is you take from your nose, you tip of your finger from your tip of your nose and you take it to the tip of your chin, which my chin's not down here. That's my hair. The chin stops right there. And then you move it up to your nose and touch your forehead. And that's where your third eye is. Uh, and your hand will always, your face will always tell you. Um, that's just like when you're praying. I try, I show this to people. I haven't shown this slide on here either. Uh, but I show this to people because these different stations, as you pray, sometimes you see people do this. And then other times you see people do this. And then other times you see people do this. And other times you see people do this. If you take your hands and put them in the praying motion, at your fingers and your thumb actually uh, fit the grooves of your face. <laughs> and they're done because they're different. If you take that and you put the, all your, right, your two middle fingers underneath your, your mouth, you'll find that your hands rest perfectly on your chest just above your heart. 
and then if you move those up slightly to where the two fingers, your pointer fingers and your and your middle fingers, make another ridge. You can tuck that ridge underneath your chin. You'll find that your hands uh, fit in a different place on your face. And then if you move that up and get one more station, you'll find that the next place it comes to rest, you either stop on your lips, and then your thumbs just barely touch the bottom of your chin. And then if you move up again to your nose, under your nose, your thumbs, then when they're folded, the fold of your thumbs tuck to your chin and it touches your nose and fits another. And this seems to fit right for you, and it will. And then if you move up again to another place, you'll find that as you move up, your nose fits perfectly into the hole and the two thumbs fit right on your upper lip and go right up against your nostrils. And it fits with this in the ridge perfectly into the eye sockets. And then when you move up again, you will find that again, it will rest with, you can see with my thumbs in this position and that rests on my forehead perfectly. And then when you move up from there, it goes up and sets on top of your head. Each one of those stations are hand positions for different vibrations in what you're doing. And if you know anything about ancient Tantra or the, uh, the Tao or the, or the uh, Zen, um, you know more about that. And that's why you see the Zen mostly go here. And then you see the Taoists mostly here. So if you look at the Philippines as opposed to the Indians, uh, and as you start moving across, you'll find, and then you have, like, say, people that are praying uh, with their hands down here and looking down, Christians touching their nose, uh, praying that way, or their hands are up in front of their face, or sometimes you see them actually touching their face. Those are different um, places, right? <laughs> and he says, oh, my gosh. He says, wow, I did every one. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I was hoping that you guys would follow along. Uh, and when you do it, do you feel the difference in the energy? It's, it fits you know that you're supposed to touch yourself there and it fits in the chair. I'm getting gooseys just saying that. Okay. There, there, it, it moves. It's the chakra points. Count how many of those were just there. There are seven stations. There are seven chakras. There are seven stations for your energy and the connection of the energy. Um, right. Casey said, that's crazy. And do you've noticed the difference in the way the energy feels when you do that now? Start over down here when you do that or at the top, one or the other. But I would suggest start at the, at the base root chakra and take your tongue. Dramvala talked about this. If you guys watched that video, touch your tongue to the roof of your mouth and slide it forward until it hits that comfortable spot. It's a curve in your mouth just before your teeth, but not too far. You'll know where to stop. Your tongue fits there. Hold your tongue there, but keep your teeth closed. Hold your tongue there. Keep your teeth closed. Close your eyes and put your fingers in, the, in that praying position. And then move up each station. And keep your tongue in that position when you do it. And touch. And when you touch your tongue to the roof of your mouth, Dramvalo mentioned this. In Reiki, we are, I was taught this from uh, Christopher Penzik. I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but uh, back uh, 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, he was the biggest, uh, he, he was the one who, published first the Reiki symbols that had been hidden from the world. He showed the world. You can look them up now online, and they're all online. You only got them when you were attuned with them before, but he felt that people needed to see them to be able to manifest them better, so he published them. Uh, the only reason that you have uh, Reiki symbols out in the world for everyone to see now is Christopher Penzik, and he was the one that taught me 
that to create the figure eight, the infinite energy within the body, you have to hold your tongue in that position. And as a man, women can do this, but it's a different thing because as a man, you then flex your, uh, your, uh, uh, pancreas, not your pancreas, your, uh, what is it? What is it called? Oh, Jesus. You're the sex organ when uh, that um, it, it is pancreas. Men get pancreatic cancer. Is that what it is? I, I'm, I'm losing that thought now. But to key as men, that's what you, women. You have to do the same thing. You almost be yourself. <laughs> right? But for those for those of you women who've had a really, really intense orgasm, especially those who have squirted. I know this sounds really crazy that I'm saying this to you right now. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? If when you had that orgasm, do you remember the way your pelvis and inside your body flexed and held that position when you did that? You can do that. Women can do that. Some of you know that you can control the the whole entire sex organ there and make it contract and, and move. Put your tongue to the roof of your mouth. Do that. Hold that position. Keep breathing. Your body's going to want to hold your breath. Keep breathing and then, and then put your hands in those stations. That creates the infinite energy that is the kundalini energy that instead of the kundalini just raising up through your body and then going out through your head, it grabs the whole, all of that energy and creates the figure eight within your body, the infinite within your body. It's the three, six, and nine energy. We teach this in meditation and in Reiki and in healing because that energy keeps the energy that you channel into yourself and draw into you. And then it keeps that energy on a full, on a saw on a loop constantly. And it goes through every part of all of your chakras and helps you realign your chakras. It's hard to do at the beginning to hold that without holding your breath, but you can do it and you, and you can, uh, but that is in these positions with the hands are also the physical manifestation of your chakra points all the way up to the one above your head. And that'll help realign those and you'll feel those in a different way that you've never felt before. And that'll help you to get more into yourself and feeling yourself. Okay. And being aware of the energies. Um, I've never talked about that online on uh, live before. <laughs> yes. Penny says, wow, now I have to pee. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Once you go pee uh, and you finally get all your bladder, I didn't do it either because it's a, a tune that uh, it'll, it'll eventually when you get it all out of your bladder, you'll be able to do it without having to go pee. There was a, an interview with, um, oh, the guy who played Wolverine. I can't think of his name right now. Again, my I'm out here, not into movies. I'll think of his name in a second. Hugh Jackman. He used he's done um, uh, Broadway. Uh, he's more famous on Broadway than he is in the movies. And he talked about a performance that he did when he was on Broadway, and he was wearing tights in the whole nines. I don't remember what he was doing, uh, but he talked about it, and he had to hit the certain note, and to hit that note. You have to stand a certain way and you have to flex. And he did. And because you have to flex where you do and the resonance of hitting that tone, if you have to pee, you'll go. And he forgot to go pee before he did the scene. And he stood there on stage in front of the whole world and peed himself. But nobody noticed. <laughs> he hit that note and he went pee. And he was standing there urinating while he hit the note and everybody was watching him. And when he got done, everybody clapped. Those who were in the know knew that he hit a note that you have to flex and get that energy just right. And he did. And But nobody noticed that he peed himself and he finished the scene, went off stage and had to go and take a shower and get clean because he peed himself. And he told the story on an interview on television. And I saw it and I went, I know what exactly what he did because a, a Reiki master, you have to go pee. And they always tell you to drink a lot of water because you're going to burn through it anyway. But you have to you have to get rid of your bladder because you're going to strenuate uh, certain 
uh, uh, places that if you have to pee, it's going to make you have to go pee. So you, before you go and, and reiki somebody, if you are going to be using magic with a K, you, you clear out your bladder. That's why I always go pee before I start my show. I always make sure that my bladder is empty and I sit down because even right now, just, just doing it a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm working up having to go pee myself. So I'll have to be ending the show in the next 10 minutes because I'm going to have to go pee. And it's because I just was doing that. That's one of the reasons. In that, but I know I'm going to burn them water, so I have water with me. And I usually try to keep that balance to where I won't have to pee <laughs> when I do that. Because sometimes I do that while the show's going. You guys don't know what energy I put into this. Sometimes I put energy every time I put energy into the show. Every time I'm doing the show, it's not just my words speaking that you guys are feeling. Right now, look at my hands. Right? Let me put one up on the screen. You can see the where's my duck palm? Where's the bill? Where is it? Is it there? It's got my hands right now. I'm literally Reiki. Every, it's, uh, you know, hands on Reiki on. I put my hands in this position and my body automatically starts sending Reiki onto the screen. I don't know if you can see how red my hands are. Look at my hands, how red they've got. You know, just from being here, look at the, look at the duck palm right here, the duck foot, the W, the upside down W, the upside down M, however you want to look at it. That, because that, it's just the energy that I'm putting off constantly. And that's why some people turn me on and they get mad or they talk shit about me and they quit, quickly leave. My energy, they can't handle. They can't take it. They got to go. That's because that's designed that way. Same thing in my voice when you guys are hearing it. I'm projecting this, this energy constantly that is rate making your vibration rise, raise up. And I'm doing it with my voice because of the bard training that I've had. It's in there. And I'm using my voice and I'm constant. And the words that come out of my mouth are chosen very carefully. I don't just ramble. I don't ramble. People go, oh, he just rambles on about some crazy shit. That's because you don't understand what I just said. That's all. So though there, there's a technique to try that when you're meditating, but make sure that you, um, you know, if you don't, you got to get up, run over and go pee and come back. Um, eventually your bladder will be clear. You'll still kind of get that sensation, but you won't get the urge of the liquid hitting that, that nerve in the bladder that says I have to pee. It'll kind of still be there, but you'll know there's nothing in there. Right. And if you've done that before, you know what I'm talking about to where you, I still feel like I have to pee, but there's nothing coming out. Right. That happens mostly during sex. If you're having sex done, right. Right. You'll be like, OK, I got to go pee. And then you come back and you're like, I still kind of feel that. And then you let it go. And that's when you have a really good orgasm. Right. That's no joke. That's not if your man knows what he's doing or you know what you're doing when you're going down there. But if you're a woman, if you know what you're doing. you got to pee a couple times or, you, you know, you've got to go past that point. feels like I'm going to pee, but I know there's nothing in there to let it go. Let's sit, sit back and hold on to this horse because it's about to start bucking. OK, so you know what I'm talking about. If you've never done that, it'll happen to you. I watched a girl online that she did that for the first time and she had never done that before. And she had a vibrator and she was playing with herself and all of a sudden she squirted and she had never done that before. And you can see the look on her face was like, Oh my God, what is happening? Am I peeing on all over the place? And then she, but she kept going and then she got done and I started laughing. I know that sounds like I'm a pervert, but I do research in a way that I did. Sometimes I can't talk about on the air and it's not because I am a pervert. It really isn't. And I don't have people do that, but I get to see some things that other people don't get to see that are that are research. And sometimes it's stuff that people don't want to see, just like I was a part of all the research that got Epstein busted and all the, the photos that came out after that, that they haven't shown you now that I've seen that I've worked on. I think Peter got to see those. Uh, I think Peter was part of that um, back in 2012. Okay, so we were already on to that information back then, and there's videos that I have linked on my Facebook page 
uh, and Arnold Ryan Rising that go that date back. That we were part of that investigation. Uh, with I saw that photo of the prince with that little girl who was like 14 at the time, who's now 32 or 27. I saw that photo uh, in the photo array. I was part of the investigation that got that stuff out to the world. Okay. And so uh, there's a lot of stuff that I look at. That's why Peter shows up with things like with Tom Hanks and, and other people. And he shows videos and you're like, where did this come from? There's one that he played where it shows that the, the, they just hit to the world. But Tom Hanks is 20 years younger. And it was him with that little girl where they were having him do that stuff. That was like 20 years ago. Maybe not 20 years ago, but that was at least 10 years ago. Tom Hanks has not dyed his hair in a long time. And if you see him now, when he talks, he's very gray. So he was dyeing his hair still then. So this was a while ago. It was about 10 years ago. So everyone thinks that it's brand new. Uh, and they're showing it. It's going all over TikTok and all over YouTube right now. That's That was filmed like 10 years ago. Okay. Um, Yes, Celeste. Oh, welcome. I didn't even see you in the in the crowd. You did make a comment a minute ago. There you are, Celeste. Celeste hasn't been here for a while. Thank you for being here. I um, hope you're doing well. I heard a lot about your life. Not going to talk about that on here. Um, but I've been uh, you know, I've been stalking you, so I know what, a lot of what's been going on with you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see you. I miss you. I miss our conversations. Uh, Celeste is somebody who knows what I'm talking about because Celeste has gone through a lot of that. She's been through a lot of the investigations as well. She gets kicked out of every respectable group on the on the planet for the same reason that I do, right? So yes, she understands that sexual energy. If you look at the ancient rites of Druidism, paganism, uh, that's integrated into that. They talked about that in the Da Vinci Code, uh, with uh, the showing you a scene where there was a, a sexual rite. Uh, uh, ritual that was happening that Sophia saw when she was a kid and came home and her grandfather, Jacques Saunier, uh, when it drove her, she like were freaked out because they were wearing this costume and robes and having sex. It's just like, oh my God, they're Satanists. It's not, okay? <laughs> it's not just people that are evil do it, but people who are not evil do it too. The sexual energy, which is what we were getting into, Celeste, when you got here, she's like going to laugh my ass off. She says, um, a lot of the, the sexual energy, that's why Trumvalo brought that up in, in 2011 about the sexual relationship between your spirit and your heart, or your heart and your, your tongue and your brain and your spirit. There, there is a connection there that most people think that's another reason why they want you to think that sex is taboo. Okay, they don't want you enjoying sex. That's why they discourage that in men and in women, because if you if you do it right and you start to sexually become uh, one with one another because you're spiritually getting closer as well, then the sex becomes more intense because your spiritual experience is becoming more intense. And uh, you can't do either of those without raising your vibration. Okay. You can't do either of those without unlocking in the mind uh, the the uh, spiritual aspect of yourself. That's why spiritual people become more sexual. It doesn't mean that you're promiscuous and you run around just screw everything that moves, but you find you don't realize it or you do realize, wow, you don't, maybe sometimes you don't make the connection. I'm more sexual. Why am I more sexually roused than before? You're spiritually in a higher place and in a better place. So therefore, sex becomes better. 5D is an incredible place to connect, Celeste says. Absolutely. Okay. So Penny says that sex is a, yes, sexual energy is a big part. It is. And so when people say, well, sex isn't everything in a relationship. No, it's not. But it, it can be a very big amount of the relationship if you guys are in the right place. Okay. If you guys are in the right place in a spiritual way at the same time and you're moving in the right directions, 
that sexual experience can be huge, way better than it is. But if you're not, and you're not compatible in a spiritual way, you can still make the physical work and still be really good, but it's going to be way better if you guys are both on a spiritual plane and meeting on, on a spiritual plane. I told you about my first wife. We woke up one night. This was 25, 27 years ago. We woke up one night. Both of us woke up in the act of having sex with each other in our sleep. I thought she woke me up having sex with me. And she thought I woke her up having sex with her. When we talked about it later, we realized we both woke up about the same time, but our bodies were already having sex with each other. Not a joke. It was really good too. Okay. It was really good experience. But neither one of us consciously woke up and started having sex with the other person while they were sleeping. We thought the other person was doing that to each one of us. And as it turned out, our bodies because of where we were spiritually at that moment, we were already merging as one physically or spiritually, and our body started doing it physically as well to manifest in the, in the physical. And because of that, the power brought us back in, pulled us back into the physical, but we were still attached on a spiritual level. So when we woke up, we continued doing it, thinking, never questioning what was happening, and it was fucking incredible, okay? Uh, and, and then it's almost like a drug. You want to have that happen again when you have that experience with somebody. And, but then you but then you have to realize you have to actually work at it. Okay? So you have to put in the work. If you're not willing to do that, then uh, your sex can still be great with somebody, but you know you're not making a spiritual connection with them. I've had sex with many uh, women in my life where I knew while I was having sex with them, this is physical. I'm not going to be with this person for the rest of my life because we don't have a spiritual connection. But, man, this sex right now is good. Right. So on a physical level, that shit's working for me. But I know that this is no matter how much she likes me, I know that this is not going to be the one. And I've had women say that to me, too. You know, what? I love sex with you, but you, know, you and I aren't going to end up being together forever. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm aware of that. But the sex is good. And so then that's when you have, you know, when you have sex with, with you know, friends with benefits kind of thing, because you work physically. Your chemistry does work, but spiritually, you're not in the same place and you know that you're not going to breed with one another. <laughs> you don't want to be attached forever, but man, we can, we have, we, we do some good stuff. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. And until you getting to the point where you want to be with somebody for the rest of your life, then obviously that becomes a problem. Then you are looking for somebody that you can, that you can be with and connect with, not just on a physical level. But then when, but if somebody says that a conversation with you, that relationship isn't only sex. No, it's not, but don't try to cut the sex completely out. That's a, that's a bigger mistake than, than saying that, that it, you know, and believing it's not just sexual. It's not just sexual. Sex plays a major role in a relationship. Now I'm being the sex doctor. I'll get away from that. But, it, but it, it's going to help you in the aspect of spirituality. It will. Okay. And know that going into a relationship, you will know instantly when you're getting with somebody, even making out with them. Okay, this feels great, but is this a physical or is this? That's why women are more attuned that way. Women know the second they meet a guy, whether or not they'll have sex with them. Men, we just want to have sex with everybody, so we don't pay attention as much as women do. Men have to learn to pay attention and go, do I really want to have sex with that person? Women, when they meet a guy, they, they size you up pretty quickly. Yep, I'd fuck that guy. They just won't tell you or any of their friends. And they might tell, yeah, a guy would tell me I would have sex with him right now. Some women live off of that instinct and they just go, I met a woman who was having sex with every man she could have on the party. Did I have sex with her? No, because she was having sex with every man at the party. I didn't want to catch whatever it was them other assholes had. But there's a, I know women, I know men that do that. 
I'm going to make sure I'm going to try and have sex with every single person in this building today. Some people just do that. Those are people that are rooted in the in the in the in this dimension. Okay, I got to go because it's getting later and I got to cook dinner. It is now 7:30. Uh, my mother is kind of giving me the eye a few times. She's hungry and I haven't cooked dinner. I've gone on way longer than I wanted to. I love you guys. I apologize for those of you who went. Holy shit, he went on for three fucking hours. All right, I'll see you guys next week. I'm going to try and maybe start going a little earlier, but you know, it gets into the darkness and mom starts wanting to go to bed and she's going to try and go to bed on me. I got to get dinner going. All right, guys. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Have a great night. Uh, have a great weekend. Um, football's coming on on Sunday and my San Francisco 49ers are in the playoffs showing the, on the camera to get everybody pissed off. Uh, my San Francisco 49ers are in the playoffs and they're going to win their 12th game in a row. And then they have one more game to win before they get to the Super Bowl. And they're going to win that too. And they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Um, share this out, share this out, share this out. Right. All right, guys. Have a nice night.